All right. I have the best drinking game for this podcast. Every time we say communicate, communication, someone has to take a drink. People will be shit-faced like no one's business. (laughs) I'll have to remember about that at the beginning of this. Oh, God. Oh, I was going to get my mic. Out there in listener land, if you want to enjoy this podcast even more, every time Aaron says the word communication, then you should take a drink. Drink. Take a shot. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) It's great. Then we want everybody to record what they thought of the podcast after the drinking game stopped. (laughs) Send in your voicemails. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to send White Squirrel a, a letter of apology. I'm sorry, we've made your story into a drinking game. Oh dear. I made a dreadful error. Oh. I started his other story, and now I have them mixed up in my head. Oh, I hate when that happens. Yeah. So, how far are we going t- towards this thing? 41. Okay. We're, wow. We're on 41 chapters. Woo! It's only two more after tonight. Two more uh, nights after okay. tonight. So it's getting it's getting a little better. Mm-hmm. I'm not real happy that really. Yeah, he's he'll come a little further though. I think. Okay. I can't remember gonna... exactly. Yeah. So far, I mean, he right now they're playing Quidditch and Harry's trying out for the team kind of thing. I like McGonagall a lot better. Mm-hmm. In this in this one, but I'm just kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah. You like McGonagall better, and you like Dumbledore less in this story, as I recall. I'm bummed that Aaron didn't come. I reminded him this morning, and he said he knew. But I wonder if the time difference is mm, where is he at? Well, then he's the same time as me. He's in Florida. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't got a message from him, but we'll see. All what right, happens. lights. <laughs> Turn the lights down, Ulrich, so you'll fall. Let me open a couple of cough drops. Just did you have a nice Easter? Yes, it was very nice. Did the Easter Bunny come? Yes, yes, he, she did. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. Uh, one of my kids today was like, "I went to the Easter egg hunt and I got to ride a horse and I saw the Easter Bunny and then the Easter Bunny came to my house and left me lots of candy and toys." I was like, all right, you had fun. <laughs> oh, that's cute. He was cute. And the other little boy was like, so what did you do for Easter? It was my birthday. We went to Chuck E. Cheese's. I was like, oh, I bet your parents were thrilled. <laughs> they had a lot of Advil. <laughs> oh, man. I heard that our local Easter egg hunt was so crazy that you couldn't even hear the person with the bullhorn. Wow. The kids were so loud. The guy said it was like being at Chuck E. Cheese's times 20. <laughs> I was like, whoa, oh, that's my God. bad. <laughs> yeah, that is horrible. Yeah. And, and they're like, you know, grandparents, so they don't have kids all the time. And they were like, um, I don't know about this. Yeah, we went, we went to church and there was a lot of kids there. And she always does a, um, kid sermon and stuff like that. And she doesn't have any kids around, but she's also a social worker. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's trying to do the, do the story. The kids are interrupting. One kid started running amok. She's just kind 
just like looked at everybody and goes, oh, it, it, it was kind of like more of a, oh my god, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't play with them very often, you just don't. They're uh, fun. We had we we started with thirteen today and then got two more in. It was like none of them had ears today. They were bouncing off walls, and then of course we did a fire drill and that set them off. And oh man, it was crazy. <laughs> but it was a fun day. I got lots of Easter stories out of them, so that was cool. And we got some new board games that we were playing today, and that was fun. That's good. I like yeah. that stuff. Our big Easter present is um, we're going to go see the Mythbusters. They're coming to Pittsburgh. Oh, fun. Yeah, so I was pretty excited. And on the tickets, I didn't realize it didn't say Myth Unleashed. And he's like, who's Adam and Jamie? Yeah. <laughs> he just did, he's just didn't put two and two together because when you see the tickets, it comes from the cultural district. Right. Which does all the all the operas and ballets and musicals and stuff like that. He's like, I go into a musical. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Some of the musicals are fun. Oh yeah. Some are, but to a 12 year old boy, not as much. (laughs) No, probably not. (laughs) But Mythbusters, that would be fun. Yeah. So he seems pretty excited about that. That's cool. Oh, you're not. Okay. He's not excited. No, he's, he's just being sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's how they are. Crazy kids. Oh, did you want to hear my stupid story? <laughs> <laughs> I know you did um, something because you sent me a message and was like, do I have a story for you? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> okay. I go to, okay, during lunch, um, if I'm not running or stuff like that, I take a walk with, with a coat with a couple co-workers and it was kind of cold so I put my but I mean it wasn't it wasn't bad so I had I had my dress on and I just changed my shoes into tennis shoes and we're walking around and we're walking around the building like a second time and we go we go across the thing and for some reason my hands go down towards my legs and I don't feel my skirt oh no and I'm like what the hell I look down <laughs> And I go, and she's like, what? I go, where did it go? And she's like, oh, my God. My skirt rode up into my jacket. (laughs) My jacket is not a long jacket. It barely just covers my ass. Nice. (laughs) Yes. It's a good thing you have runner's legs. (laughs) And I'm like... Oh my god, I have pantyhose on too, so thank god I had pantyhose on. But I'm like, I looked at her, I'm like, oh my god, how long has this happened? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> she's facing me, and she's like backing up because she's laughing so hard at me. I'm like, oh my god, so I take my skirt to the shimmy, and I go, Ruth, how many people saw? She goes, I don't know. And I turned around. There is my squad boss oh, no. and my project manager over there. And I went, oh, shit. She goes, no, they didn't see. They did not see. I'm like, are you sure? She goes, they would have said something by now. I'm like, yeah, probably. I'm like, okay. So, and so we finish our walk, and I make sure I tuck my skirt every so often after every two steps. So, 
So I get, so I put my, I get inside my office. I put my coat, I put my coat up, and there's my squad boss. And he looks at me. He has the shit ass grin on his face. <laughs> Dear. <laughs> and I'm like, oh god. And I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm cringing. He goes, you know what I'm gonna say? I go, hopefully it's work related. He goes, oh no. I go, oh god, you saw it, didn't you? He goes, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> he goes at first he goes I saw you walking and he goes yeah, because sometimes but now that everybody's wearing the short little tight shorts mm-hmm. he goes at first I thought they were the tight shorts and he goes and I looked at Lango I go what do you think of those shorts and he goes and Lango says to me yes I'm wearing control top pantyhose so they have the little line going across the leg because mm-hmm. they're just new he goes those are nude shorts <laughs> We weren't sure until you started doing the little shimmy and pulling down the dress. <laughs> you should have just owned it and kept going and they would never have known. <laughs> the thing is, I didn't realize they were behind us until it's after I did it. I'm like, oh, my God. And like I said, my jacket barely covered my ass. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Well, like I said, at least you have nice legs. <laughs> no. oh and you God. probably have a, have a nice ass too. I haven't well, seen you in a while, but well, you know. yeah, I am. <laughs> I am too old to be showing it off. <laughs> <laughs> I know the name of this podcast. Trisha bears all. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh dear. I was just like, I'm looking at him, I'm like, really? Did I just do that? <laughs> I mean, his shit-ass grin on his face, and I'm like, Please oh be work-related. Please be work-related. <laughs> First time ever I ever wanted to be work-related. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, you had more fun. I don't know if that's the kind of fun I want. <laughs> you always have so I... If I were you, I'd bring the tiger ball back just to get their mind off of it. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. I, 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 interesting things happen to me. But, yeah, Ruth, Ruth is, she's like, where'd it go? Yeah, like, oh, the disappearing God. dress. It was humiliating. I bet. It was, it was funny as hell. And, well, we, we have uh, a lady out. She's had quite a few incidents of the skirt tucked in her mm-hmm. stuff. And, I'm always terrified about that. Oh, yeah. So I'm always checking. And the lady, uh, when, when, my squad, when my squad boss told me, it was, it was making me love the lady sat beside me. She's like, what's going on? And I told her what happened. She's like, you're just like so-and-so. I'm like, oh, God, to be compared to her. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at her. I go, at least I smell good, right? She goes, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, that's just crazy. Only my stupidity. 
Well, you know, that's not something you expect to happen. I know. And the thing is that we both are like, how long has this been How long has this been like this? I know. Because you wouldn't know. It's a good thing you, like, touched your leg and went, um, something's missing. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute, what am I feeling pain? And I look down, I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, Ruth told her whole family during Easter, and they just had a good howl. And Ruth I goes, oh, she's like, I just keep thinking about it, and I start laughing. I'm like, thanks, Ruth. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, Aaron should be joining us any second. He's supposed to let me know if he doesn't. He's setting up, so he should be with us in a sec, and then we'll we'll give us a... a oh... Yeah, so that I think that's the only really stupid thing that I've done. Yeah, the, yeah that's the stupid thing I've done for this month. For this month? Well, yeah. it's a new month, so you you got it over early. Or did you do it at he, the end of last month and now you got it? I have not. not i got to think about that. I don't know. <laughs> okay, we are recording again. I just wanted to make sure. Sometimes when you update Skype, then the mm-hmm. recording thing doesn't work anymore. And I was just really, stop working. Yeah, especially after that great story. I know. That would have been sad to have missed. <laughs> that would have been bad. Oh, yeah. That's a cute little puppy. So I was at the dog park today with Bonnie, and there's this little, it's a pit bull puppy. It is the cutest little thing. And mm. it was playing with this other dog that loves dogs but is terrified of people. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, Kelly's got blood on her face. I wonder if the puppy bit her. And so her owner caught her and, and you know, was kind of checking her out. You know, the blood doesn't go all the way down. It's just on her fur. This is weird. What's going on? And then we look down, and there's blood all over the ground. And we're like, oh, dear, somebody's bleeding bad. I'm like, all right, guys, check your dogs. And this dog had cut her pad. And her owner tried to catch her, and she was like, no, we just got here. I'm not letting you catch me. I don't want to go home. And so, you know, I said, well, at least, you know, she's not, like, limping or hurting. She's totally ignoring it because she wants to still play. So I guess you're okay. But, yeah, poor. poor. She was not, not happy. My friend that has the husky that I that I used to run with, mm-hmm. he, he um he he cut his ball. I didn't realize it until like it was like eight miles in. I'm like, dude, just say anything. You know, they don't care. They're like, whatever, just bleeding all over the place. Oh, he cared after after a bit. He was he was getting he was getting sore. Oh, poor baby. I know. That. All right, Aaron. Any. <laughs> I really need to get my eyes checked. I cannot see this. 620-something. So he's only saw it a couple of minutes ago. He'll be with us. So the, Oh, I have a story. Did Okay, which one? So, you know, my dog, when she wants to come in, she puts her claws through the screen door. We've got a, a mesh grate on the screen door so she can't put her foot through the screen. Mm-hmm. And she hooks her claws in there and she pulls the door open and then it bangs. So then we know she's there and she wants to come in. Mm-hmm. And the cats do, they put their claws in the door and pull it open and bang it. 
So yesterday I'm in the kitchen and we're getting ready for Easter. We're doing all this cooking and everything. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and I hear the door go bang and I go to the door and it's the daggone chicken going, hi, do you have any treats for me? <laughs> like, it's bad enough that the dog and the cats bang. Now the chicken's banging. That's a, that's a smart chicken. I gotta say. I know. She's a hoot. And then she gets mad at me if I don't have food when I come out. She's like, hi, what you got? I'm like, nothing, leave me alone, I'm going to work. But, but you gotta feed me. And I'm like, no, I'm late, get out of my way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then. Yeah, Flur- Flurry's the same way. She doesn't talk to you unless she, unless she's, unless she's hungry. Mm-hmm. She, that's how she gets. Is that it? Mm-hmm. She starts meowing at me. I go, R, did you feed the cat? <laughs> I went the other day and, to drop off milk at my brother's, and the, all the cats were on the front porch going, we're starving. So I ended up feeding his cats for him because <laughs> they were still asleep or something. So we didn't do anything. He's having trouble logging in. He's got to update Skype as well. Oh, my goodness. I'm like the only one that uh, didn't update Skype. Unless I don't think so. Well, maybe it's because, well, I don't know what kind of computer he has. It might be the difference. Oh, can you hand me this stool? I'll put my feet up. Yeah. I pulled my, I pulled my Achilles, so. Ow. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, it's, uh, so I've been taping it when I go exercise now. Mom's having trouble with her Achilles now that her, she tore the meniscus in her knee. And mm. so she walks funny, and when she walks funny, it messes up the Achilles in her heel. So. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Hi, Erin. We've missed you. Uh, I have missed you guys also. Of course. <laughs> <sighs> just had to update Skype, all's well. It's yeah, okay. I had to do it too. And then I double-checked to make sure that recording was actually recording because I was afraid with the updated Skype it wouldn't. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is bad. But yeah, that would be bad. Good. And, and I will triple-check just to make sure it is on Skype because I'm notorious for taping Safari when we do this, and that doesn't work. Fun. No, no, definitely yeah. not. So, you could just you know tape like if you had like a, a like a Pandora station running, you'd have a, that'd be a, a fine soundtrack to a, mm-hmm. a a podcast. Yeah, yeah, depends on the soundtrack. Does mm. I, I don't Pandora. I'm not very good at that. I love that. Well, I found I have accidentally got myself um, Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and yeah, well. They caught me with the, hey, you signed up for this for one month, and I mean, mm-hmm. then they charged me, so I have it for a year. I'm thinking about doing it now because I've forgotten a lot of my stuff on the <laughs> So I've been listening to uh, Amazon Prime, and they kind of it's kind of like a Pandora, and I don't have any um, commercials, mm, so I'm like, nice. yeah, the lady at work does Pandora. She's usually got something playing, and and we're from about the same generation, so it's usually music I. At least, but nobody plays my Wizard Rock, so you know it doesn't work for me. I don't think Wizard Rock is on Pandora. I know. <laughs> no, I don't know if is. I don't know if Wizard Rock is anywhere. Well, I think the the radio started back up again. I thought I saw a post about it, but I didn't click on it, so I don't know if it's actually still going or not. But there, there was a Wizard Rock radio station that was going for a while. Hmm. And then it kind of closed down, and, and I, I'm sure I saw something about it opening back up. I should look it up again. 
I have to remember where it is, but that's fine. I imagine we should start because <clears throat> Trisha will want to go to bed, and I imagine you will too, Aaron. Why would someone want to go to bed? That just doesn't make any sense. I, to me. Know, I know, I know. I still have to watch half a movie for my homework for tomorrow night's podcast. Oh, the humanity. Yeah. We're watching The Way. Do you know The Way? I've heard of it, it's, and I saw that on the, the feed mm-hmm. that I get an email or something. Anyway, um, yeah, I, no, it was on the, it was on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard of it. Mar, uh, Martin Sheen, and, uh, yes. directed by Emilio Estevez, I believe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it sounded really good. I heard a, something about it on NPR back when it first uh, was, uh, was coming out. Mm-hmm. That it, was, it sounded really cool. Yeah, it's really well done, and it's, you know, the just... Watching him come to terms with what happened, it's just a really neat story. Okay, I'm just going to shake my head and nod on this yeah. one. You'd like it, Trisha. It, it, mm. It's it's a good movie. You can Netflix it if you have Netflix. You could probably Amazon Prime it, too. But, so. Amazon Prime with the, with the movies are, is not that great, oh, I do right. have to say. At least I haven't figured it out how to use it yet. No. I just figured it out the radio station. I was pretty darn excited because Amazon got cut off at work. So, but I can still use my Amazon Prime. <laughs> there you yeah, go. they they say uh, no, no Pandora for you at work. I'm like, damn it! I'm like, yeah, I'm just not allowed to Facebook. I can do the music stuff, but we're not allowed to Facebook at work. Hmm. So, except on our phones. But we are talking about the. Oh wait, I should start. Nerdy awesome fun. Nerdy awesome fun, that's us, man. There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft. <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? How about Sherbert Levin? If I start snoring, let me know. Friends Never mind, I'm not going there, I'm not going there. Uh, we're just having adventures. Yep, we're adventures. Adventures are good. Good girl, I'll chop those trousers. Uber evil. How's that going? I snorted so much yesterday, it was unreal. <laughs> same Snape time, same Snape channel. It's all Snape all the time, Trisha. I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Holy oh, nice. shit! They're there to talk about the sector. They're going to worry about homework. I swear, I read them for the stories. Sex and snork eggs. Awkward. I'm so good on nightmares. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the flagship of the Hoofwa family of podcasts. I'm Sue. I'm Trisha. Hello. Aaron. Where's I'm Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, we fell asleep already. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, I, thought, I thought Scarlett was on the call, too. Um, she, she hasn't shown up. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I'm Aaron. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome, Erin. It's nice to have you. This is great. Last week, 
last Friday I w- was trying to find somebody to podcast because Trisha couldn't come and Scarlett couldn't come and it was just Scott and I and Aaron happened to be on Facebook and I said, hey, Aaron, have you read this story? And he's like, actually, Sue, I have. And I was like, cool, come podcast with us. So he has come to join us tonight and we are very excited <laughs> as we cover chapters 17 through 25 of the Accidental Animagus. And we are starting out with... Harry and Hermione, I was telling Trisha, Aaron, that I made the mistake of starting the other one, too, because you you had said it was really good, and you were the third or fourth person that said that to me. But I have them sort of mixed up in my head. There are a lot. uh, It's a lot of the same kind of... It's like Mm -hmm. when you read uh, The Power of Emotion and... What's it called? The Seventh War Crux. You know, there's the the writing style is very similar. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of similar elements, um, definitely. But there's there's enough different... You can, especially later on, I think they diverge a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Well, my problem was I was listening to the other one, and she goes in and does the, the Wingardium Leviosa lesson. And then I started listening to this one, and it's like, and they're going to do the levitating charm for the first time. And I was like, wait a minute. They did that in the last <laughs> class. Oh, wrong story. So, yeah, when we get to that, I'll probably have a good laugh at myself because... <laughs> I missed that one up. <laughs> Can happen to anybody. Mm, yeah. So we have, they, they have just arrived at school, and they had the sorting feast. The And they've both woke up a little tired the next morning because both their roommates have kept them up late with questions. Uh, they meet up in the common room to go down for breakfast. They're shocked. Oh. They're not on the front page. Mm-hmm. I, uh... This one, uh, it's funny how much more Harry is aware of his um, fame and, and how much more he channels it in this story versus in almost any other. I mean, this is the one where it's, it's very, it gets very political as you go on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's definitely a dimension that I haven't seen very often, and they do it very well. He's, you know, Zacharias here in a second comes up and introduces himself, and he doesn't immediately say, oh, what a pompous ass, and dismiss him. He's like, oh, this is somebody who could be politically powerful. Let's, uh, you know, play nice mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, they have a very strict code of ethics that they have to use when talking to the other uh, scions of the house of, you know, the lords of the different pureblood houses. and Yeah, it's, I, it's a little much for me. I mean, I kind of almost feel like I'm a, like in a Jane Austen book. Mm-hmm. Little, uh, just like, oh, I mean, I understand where they're trying to get, get to, I mean, where the author's trying to get to and stuff like that. But a couple of times I'm like, really? This is where I had a hard time when getting through, getting through these chapters. It's just a little, I know it's the pomp, being pompous, but I mean, I understand it, but mm-hmm. I just didn't like it because a lot of times, I mean, I don't know, they're 11 year old kids. I don't care how they're going to be eleven-year-old kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just how I see it. They are they are written a little bit old in this in this story, uh, especially. Um, sometimes that's unavoidable. You know, it's, it's hard to write eleven-year-old yeah. kids, and and especially, I don't know. I don't know if it is especially this eleven-year-old kid and talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah, it's it's not a. It's, <laughs> I love that Zachary Smith comes up and introduces himself and. You know, says that he's a direct descendant of Lady, Lady Helga Hufflepuff, and then he grabs Harry's hand and sort of sh- 
squeezes it really hard, you know, like they do on the Quidditch pitch. And, and it's not that he's trying to, you know, overpower him. He's just so excited, you know. <laughs> well, he's trying to be manly, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he introduces, Harry introduces Hermione, his sister, which freaks people out so far in this book because nobody expects him to have a sister. And then Zacharias says, well, someday I, I hope to, you know, talk to you more and get a better feeling of your story, but for now I'm going to go back to my table and that's going to be the end of it. And then they have breakfast and they go to class and, of course, it's transfiguration first. And there's a cat waiting for them. <laughs> yep. like, hello, Professor. Uh-huh. <laughs> By the way, does, does anybody, uh, have either, either you read a story that's on uh, SIYE called, uh, the, um, what's it called, uh, Growing Up Measle? No, that sounds interesting. It is, uh, it's a, I read that one first, and it's a very kind of similar kind of thing. In fact, the exact same initial plot device. Harry basically spontaneously, uh, Animagus transforms into a, into a needle, and then he ends up in living with, uh, and of course, because it was on Sink into Your Eyes, it's, he goes and he lives with Ginny and becomes mm-hmm. her, her, her pet needle for a long time until he, you know, finally reveals himself to be a, a wizard when he, he doesn't even know he's a wizard though. That's what, that's kind of the, the difference between those mm-hmm. and that one. He and spends many years as a as a um, like probably five or six years as a as a cat before he transforms back into a kid. This one he's like what six weeks I think is, yeah. the, is how it starts off. Yeah. But um, I whenever I was reading this, I, I uh, that that story kept coming up. This one is better. That one it gets ridiculous at times, and it's one of those ones where everybody turns into an animagus, and that that can get a little ridiculous. <laughs> we'll talk about we'll talk about overused. Uh, the you know tropes there. That's, yeah, I, the, this this reminded me of it because he can talk with. Uh, he knows the like the secret language of the measles mm-hmm. in that one, and him being able and uh, he he always calls uh, Professor McGonagall cousin because oh. <laughs> it's and, and you don't think he ever calls her professor. He always calls her cousin, and like and, and it, it messes with people's heads in that one because oh, anyway, that's that's a different story. But uh, I, I really enjoy him having knowing the language of the cats mm-hmm. and yeah. You know, even that he has a he has a little bit of hard time sometimes quite sussing it out when he's in human form, but you know he can he can pretty much understand him. I really thought that was that was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love this because he says, "Are you planning on surprising the class of the cat caterwauls?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. And the cat says it again. Oh, you're going to catch troublemakers like me? Yeah. <laughs> and so they go and sit down so they don't. The kids start coming in, and of course Ron comes in late, and he's like, "Oh, good, Professor McGonagall's not here yet." <laughs> Oops, here she comes, and we get yeah. his, you know, astonished, wicked. Really, uh, uh, it's interesting. I hadn't thought about it till just now, but you know, that kind of shows how this author feels about the the Harry and Ron friendship in the books, and how I, I think that I, I think showing that. In that particular instance, you know, they both showed up late in mm-hmm. canon. Right. So really, they, that, uh, what's the author's name? White Squirrel White really Squirrel. feels like Ron is maybe the dominant partner in that particular relationship, which makes a lot of sense. Harry's very meek when he first mm-hmm. comes to Hogwarts. He's very, very much not so in this, in this story. Right. Yeah. He's got that karate background and that gives him a little bit more of. <laughs> so I'm, I'm laughing at the martial arts. It's. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, 
that I just think of Ryan going, and Dumbledore looked out and saw the whole class running around the lake. You know, <laughs> when did we start a jogging club? Wait. Oh my God, that that story had an update. Did Can it you really? believe it? Nightmares of Futures Past had an update. After, I know. Like, I got myself in trouble because somebody had posted about that updating, and I thought they were talking about um, the one you were talking about the other day. Uh, the the one that's a podcast too. Oh, um, the, the methods of rationality. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, the, the author finished it. And they're like, really you finished it? And I'm like, oh wait, wrong story. Boy, that would be a, that would be something else if that's if that one got finished. Oof. Yeah, that's Hi. been a long time. I read one, and I don't know if it ever got finished, but it was it was very interesting. But it ended up Harry lost his arm. It was very Darth Vader-ish. And oh. He had a silver arm, and he turned into a lion. And if he didn't have the arm on, he didn't have a leg. <laughs> but wow. he was a lion. I was about to say I've read that one, but I I haven't. There's a different one where Harry loses his arm. There's there's two <laughs> Harry loses his arm stories out there. <laughs> oh, Man. I think it was a nurse. I think, it, I think it, there was like a nurse, it, the, a nurse that wrote it. So she had a lot of medical stuff in there. <laughs> because I mean, Harry ended up like with a collapsed lung, and metal, Madame Pumphrey had to do like evasive stuff. It was pretty. I mean, it was pretty interesting though. Still. <laughs> wow, White Squirrel's going to be grinding his teeth. But wait, you're supposed to be talking about my story. Oops. Okay, sorry. Well, it was the whole Animagus thing. Mm-hmm. So we we move on to Defense Against the Dark Arts class, and Professor Quirrell is pale and quiet, and he always studies when st- he always stutters when he talks to Potter, but he's the only one that he really stutters with. And I I love that he's very well aware of the fact that the position is cursed, mm-hmm. and so he opens it up with. You will no doubt be wondering what horrible fate will befall me, but I want you to know that I have a one-year contract, so hopefully nothing will happen. Yeah, this this characterization of Quirrell is excellent. Mm-hmm. I just want to say that uh, I've you, you don't see a whole. Usually, people will just you know kind of gloss. Uh, not to, you know, go too much into other stuff, but again, the, the Methods of Rationality has a very complete characterization of Crow. Mm-hmm. Very, very different from canon, but very complete. This one is also very complete, but in a much aligned way, I feel like. Yeah. Like this, this could be, this could have been the, the Quirrell we got if we spent any time at all in the Defense Against the Dark Arts class. Mm-hmm. And it's ridiculous how little they spend in it in the, in, in the first. But very, very good. I like how he's, um, he has the, the kind of the dual nature to him. He's uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you got, you get the impression that, you know, when he's being a little softer towards muggles, that's maybe the actual Quirrell's, you know, personality being dominant, but then it starts to skew more towards, uh, you know, muggles are terrible. Then that's more Voldemort's, um, influence. Yeah. And I like how he sort of stops and stares into space every once in a while. And it's like, he loses his trait of thought. Mm-hmm. You know that Voldemort's kind of talking in his head, and, and he's like, oh, and then he snaps out of it. And he's like, oh, wait, I have to talk. These, these kids are looking at me. I, I need to be, you know, paying attention. And then you hear out the back of his term, I know, Quirrell, I hear what you hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. But I like the way he starts it off, because he was the Muggle study teacher before he became the defense teacher, so he has a lot of knowledge about Muggles. And that's something that people don't pick up, uh, pick up on or utilize very much either. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So it's really kind of refreshing to see that in there. It was really a very good characterization. Yeah. But he talks to them about, okay, what do you think is the number one reason that wizards are attacked by muggles and, and why, how come, what's the number one reason that they die and, and different things like that. And so he really gets them thinking and it's, it's neat to see because he really is teaching this class. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, that's not something you see a lot of with the defense teachers except for Lupin. Oh, yeah. He or, or Faux Moody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're not real sure about Snape. Did he ever really? Mm, he taught him about mm-hmm. werewolves. I don't know. It, it, uh, they don't spend a whole lot of uh, time in that class in uh, mm-hmm. in Half Blood no, Prince. No, they don't. I remember there being a, an essay at some point that um, Harry was doing, and he was like having to work really hard at it. About, uh, I thought there was something about Patronuses, and he knew he, or, or maybe it was le- legitimates or something. It might have been. I don't know. It might have been. It might have been an essay about Dementors or something. Maybe. I, I, oh, I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't remember, and that's sad since that's like basically my favorite book. But mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's been a little while since I reread it. I'm 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 rereading now, but I'm in book three, not not quite there yet. Yeah. Well, I like that he says what non-magical animal is the most dangerous in Britain, and we have lots of uh, guesses. We've got snakes and. Wild boars and stuff, but Justin Finch Fletchley says dogs, and he is correct. And yep. the purebloods are actually shocked. But even, you know, dog attack can kill a lot of people. It's- yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder, um, this is a, I don't know, you know, we don't, there's no, do- except for Fang, there's no dogs that we see, I don't think, at all in Harry Flippy. Potter. In the canon, well, oh, Fluffy. Fluffy doesn't count. Fluffy is a Cerberus, <laughs> not a dog. He's a three-headed dog, man. But well, I mean, also, I mean, well, Sirius is an animagus, but yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, you don't see a lot of dogs. You see a lot of pets. You see a lot of cats. You see a lot of mm-hmm. small pets, but you don't see a lot of dogs. And I wonder if it's if pure blood simply just don't keep dogs. If they keep more exotic pets, mm-hmm. so maybe they don't even really think about dogs. They don't. So they don't. They don't. They don't have that intimate um, uh, relationship with dogs that people who you know that us us lowly muggles have to you know suffer through on a daily basis. I'm just kidding. Dogs are nice. <laughs> Says the cat owner. Um, yeah, my cat has just joined us, so uh, hopefully he won't push the computer off the table like he's prone to do tonight. That's fun. He's a Consider it, though, because you, you wanted that, that computer on the floor, right? Yeah. That, that's what you wanted. Yeah. It, no, no, it's just time to do what, you, do what you want. It's the cat's way to put everything on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, my footstool has now been taken over by my cat. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Coral and he's telling that uh above all in his class you need to learn the required material but you also need to understand why you're learning it. It's not just a rote memorization. You need to understand what you're learning. Yeah. Uh, that that's a great teacher right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? It really is. Hurts me to say, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Critical thinking skills, it's important. Mm-hmm. And then Harry goes and introduces himself to Susan Bones because she's another one of the pure blood houses and he's made it his goal to kind of meet everybody. 
that's what we're doing. And uh, she's a little embarrassed to have Mr. You are going to fall off the bed to have him come and talk to her, but she maintains all right. Wow, she has Harry in bed already. Wow. <laughs> it's, Sorry. it's Alex in bed. He's he's uh, about an inch off now. He keeps scooting closer and closer to the edge, and he's he's going to go down in a minute. I know him. Uh, <clears throat> likes to live life dangerously. Mm-hmm. Harry has a bad feeling about Quirrell, but Hermione doesn't. And that's going to be a theme throughout the chapters that we're doing tonight is that Harry thinks that Quirrell is up to something and Hermione thinks it's Snape. So Hmm. that's, uh, I mean, I find that unusual um, because usually Harry always thinks it's Snape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But not, not in this one. No, he has his finely honed cat uh, senses are Mm -hmm. driving, sending him in the right direction for once. Yeah. Spider-Man. Well, I mean, he's Cat-Man. <laughs> His cat senses are tingling. So after they talk to Susan, he says, Ooh, and Hermione, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I'm sorry, Susan, private business, but I have to tell Hermione something. And he kind of leads her off to a private place. And he says, Oh, by the way, the Sorting Hat told me that he's seen Child Animage twice before. And she's like, Really? Who? Where? And he says, well, I got the impression that they're not alive anymore. And, but he said that there were clues. And so maybe we can figure it out. And they decide they're going to talk to McGonagall about that. Always a good plan. Talk Mm -hmm. to McGonagall. McGonagall's always a good one to talk to. And then we move on to Draco. Somebody want to take Draco? Ass. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Music's my ears. We do not have Jen here, who is loving Draco in his leather pants. No, we we have the... He's not quite as bad in this story, I don't think. No. But... I, he's drawn with a much softer uh, brush, but still well, still an antagonist, in, mm-hmm. I think, in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's more... He's, he's the politician. He's also a politician, too. Mm-hmm. I think since Harry didn't show him... Um, any angst or hostilities and stuff like that. He's not, he's, he's gonna be with the politician too. Mm-hmm. Does that sound, does that sound? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And, and Lucius has sort of trained him really well and has him feeling Potter out because he wants to know where he's gonna stand in the Wizengamat when it, when it all shakes out. So he's, he's trying to be more subtle about it. And mm-hmm. so far, he's doing a pretty good job. So we have Harry approaching the Slytherin table to introduce himself to Miss Greengrass. And the Slytherins are all bristling. But he's doing it because Hermione is going over to introduce herself to Sullivan Folly, who they are related to. His family is part of her great-grandmother's family, I believe is how that shakes out. Yeah, something like that. Honestly, I, I need a freaking <laughs> family uh, tree here. Yeah. We were talking about Sullivan Fawley mm-hmm. and and this uh, notion that uh, Hermione is related to a squib. I don't know if I've ever seen it done quite like this either. This is another kind of cool unique thing. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I'm, I'm, if I'm recalling where it goes, it, it doesn't. I don't feel like it really goes anywhere too much. But it's it's a it's a neat idea that that Hermione's not really alone when she comes to the Wizarding World. She has to be she has to be aware of it, and uh, that was and because of Harry's presence in her life, and you know through him, you know the Tonkses and such, then it becomes then she is able to have that information and. Uh, you know, kind of have a less intimidating, I would say, less intimidating Hogwarts experience to start off with because she's not, she's not the first one in her family. She's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she's, she's got to go back a little bit, but, you know, it's, it's, it is something that is she was born to. Right. And I like the concept of the, you know, that, yeah, some children are just born from muggle parents and they're magical. But somewhere in the line, there has to be some magic in order for this to happen. And so this just gives us kind of the, oh, yeah, this is where it was mm-hmm. that was in, you know, in the line. And I like that. I like having that just a little bit of background. It's. I don't know author- if I like that myself. I don't know. Does that sound horrible? No. It's I mean, just, just because, I mean, it's just more, it's. How do I explain it? It's just too much of, not a coincidence, but it's just too much. Well, too neat, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it's too neat. And the thing is, I mean, really, because it has to, it, it's more of the pure blood purist thing. I think that's what it is. Even though she still had, from the back of, yeah, it was quite a few generations back, but it was still in the line. I, mm-hmm. I you know, now. Yeah, I was thinking of it as that just this author had really fleshed out the story, and he'd really fleshed out her background. Yeah. But, well, and there's you know, another another moment of that is uh, if you just going back very briefly uh, when Quirrell's uh, talking about um, and uh, also picking up. I was going to say also picking up little things from the book and from the original canon and and running with them a little bit. The, the um, back when Quirrell's talking about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Yeah, it's on the first year list. But why is it on the first year list? They don't have care of magical creatures. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it makes sense that it's 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 something that you don't ever think about. But this author obviously was thinking about those little things. Right. And mm-hmm. you you appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. It's, I appreciate that at least. It's it's. It shows that they're they're working on crafting the world very carefully and uh, meticulously, and that's mm-hmm. especially on a, on a story like this where you're, it's a complete redo, it's a complete canon retelling. Those can the the more details you get early on, the more that can kind of play out and to be a better story overall. Because really, it's very easy to just simply have like one or two changes. Then oh, I'm just going to let canon proceed as usual. No, mm-hmm. this is this is a better this is a better than this one is better than that definitely. Right. So we have Draco has gotten a letter from his parents, and he had to do a little sleight of hand to hide the second envelope so that nobody really knows that he got it. And the first one was just kind of like a message that, oh, congratulations, you made it in Slytherin. Here's some candy treats for you. But we have them writing back and saying that, you know, Lord Potter's rejection of your advances is no great loss. We expected it. But we do want you to pay attention to what's going on, that he came with a muggle-born sister was very unexpected, so that was great information, and uh, that they both weren't sorted instantly into Gryffindor is very interesting, because maybe they have Ravenclaw or Slytherin tendencies, and we need to mm-hmm. kind of plan for that. Mm-hmm. They could have been Hufflepuffs, too, you know. They could have been Hufflepuffs. Sure. Yeah. 
Says the three Hufflepuffs on the lawn. (laughs) (laughs) What? An all Hufflepuff podcast? That's never happened before. No, never. So. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say, I, uh, this is yet another thing that I, I, I really find ingenious. You know, the, the very over the top, oh, I got sweets from my parents. Congratulations on making the Slytherin as if there was a doubt in the world mm-hmm. that Draco was going to go into Slytherin. But this, this, this Draco has actually Slytherin characteristics beyond simply, uh, blind ambition. Mm-hmm. You know, he actually has that craftiness that I think that the Slytherins who, I like to be identified as Slytherins, uh, like my good friend Deathwell. They would, they would associate the more, uh, the more cunning aspects of that, uh, more with that house than the, mm-hmm. you know, power hungry, ambitious aspects. And this is definitely more of that, that former category, the better, the better Slytherin. You know, he's, he's definitely, you know, hidden his, his secret message. He's tossing it in the fire. He's, you know, they're looking for subtle political, you know, uh, you know, strings that they can pull later on it's it's really quite uh really quite, quite uh, good, good. I, I feel mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it really shows the slytherin house off the yeah. way that it was more intended to be i think yeah yeah That's well, one of the- when, yeah because i see i see slytherin house being more like that than anything else i mean not just being evil and stuff like that but no again they are the politicians i see the slytherins being the politicians of mm-hmm. of, of the world yeah, and this is why Mooney doesn't want uh, Umbridge in Slytherin. She is convinced that Umbridge should be a Hufflepuff because she she has some of that political stuff, but it's it's more it's a twisted, more loyal base, and that's why Mooney really thinks that Umbridge should have been mm-hmm. in Hufflepuff. They, she does not want to claim her as a Slytherin at all. No, I can understand. I don't want to claim her as a whole. <laughs> and we move to the next chapter where we get a story from our favorite, favorite reporter, Rita. He, do. he does a great job with Rita, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. Yeah. From the from the overly sensational headline to the thinly veiled, you know, uh, insinuations to the quotes from known Death Eaters, uh, uh, everything is pretty much, uh, you know, it's she. What does she always get? Slytherin quotes. I mean, she does have uh, she does have Elphias Doge in here, but I mean, always with always without question, the Slytherins are always willing to talk. To talk, they they. Mm-hmm. The politicians, they they love to run their mouths. It's a yeah, another another point in that favor. <laughs> hmm. Yes, and so we can confirm that Harry Potter, the boy who lived and defeated he who must not be named, was in fact raised by a Muggle family. Dun dun dun. And you know, so we have Potter arriving at Hogwarts with his adoptive sister, who's Muggle-born, Hermione Granger, and you know. Need to find his parents. Yeah, and uh, you know it starts off that he was started to be raised by relatives of his mother, Muggle-born mother, before he was adopted by his current family. And you know why? 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 Yeah, speculation, speculation. And then uh, you know, and it just goes on and on. And it's like Aaron said, it's so close to being just over the line and she just skirts that line so closely mm-hmm. where she can't really get in trouble as much as we want to hate her. 
So. It's interesting. This this Rita, while very much the Rita that we read in canon, again, I think is, it, it kind of goes with the more realistic kind of painting that this this story gets. I mean, as much as a story about wizards and and you know, people who change into cats uh, spontaneously can be, um, she doesn't. Uh, and I, I mentioned that she has the inevitable Slytherin quote, but I, uh, she's also got. She also spoke with uh, a friend of Lily's. Of Lily's, she also mm-hmm. spoke with. Uh, you know, they, it wasn't just a conservative member of the Wise and Gamut, but also a liberal member. And you know, the, the very much kind of the you know even-handed approach to it, as even-handed as as Rita can really be. Mm-hmm. And she's still, she's like, you know, <laughs> still insinuating what schemes are Albus Dumb- is Alba Dumbledore furthering through Mr. Potter. Right. You know, schemes. It, it, obviously, there must be a scheme. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. It's Rita. It is it's Rita. A, the little bug. But yeah, she's, um, you can tell that she's done a little work on this article. You know, she went and found people to art it. Well, she sent her lackeys out to, you know, find somebody to interview. But still, she she had to work for this. She didn't just sit and make things up, which is nice. For a change. And, you know, Harry is appalled by the whole thing. But he's going to let Cousin Andy take care of it. So we'll just... He's not happy about that. But Hermione talks him into that. and He's all right. And then... He, of course, gets lots of questions about it throughout the day, and he just says that his adoption was approved by everyone involved, including himself, and that's all he's going to say about it. Thank you very much. And then they go to Charms. and I found this kind of fascinating. Okay. The whole charm I mean, the whole Charms is like that, and they, they, do, they, fart, they first start with Lumos. Lumos. <laughs> And everybody's doing, but they're doing like a whip, and it's a prank flash, like a camera and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they don't know, understand, and they're the only ones that pretty much is not getting it. Yeah. Like, Neville couldn't do it at all, but he got something by the end. They're the ones that are more like flashes of light, and they're thinking, oh, maybe we're putting too much, or not enough, or I think what they said, they thought it was like not enough magic into it. Yeah, well, and they think it's too much, too. Mm-hmm. So then they try to do just a little bit, but it's still not working. Mm-hmm. They, and Flitwick asks them to stay after class so that he can talk to them privately. And they're like, oh, you know, their heads are hung. And, <clears throat> you know, it's just killing Hermione that she's having to stay after class and talk to the teacher because she, she didn't get it right. And, That's right. It's never happened to that. It's never happened to her before. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why <laughs> can't I get it? And he, you know, hops down off his books and, and sits down and, and, you know, gets kind of, and he says, so how long have you been practicing wandless magic? And they just like, their jaws drop. Uh, how did you know that, sir? But he says, well, people that do wandless magic have a really hard time with charms. And so you must, uh, have been good. And of course, Mr. Potter, your mother was quite adept at it too. Yeah. I was like, really? That makes me want to do it even more. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, what, uh, what I like about that line is before he says, you know, all the, you know, whenever I have a, a student who does wandless magic, they always have the same problem. I like that he says, Professor McGonagall informed me, these professors communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They actually, like, something unusual happens and they say, 
here you go. Here's some information that might be useful that you won't have to find out on your own for some reason. <laughs> like, seriously, this is like, this is, this is revolutionary. People talking to each other in Harry Potter. It's, <gasps> it blows my mind. It's, it's not allowed. I'm sorry. That's just not allowed. <laughs> the children are not allowed to t- go to the teachers for help and the teachers are not allowed to help each other. Nope, nope, nope. No. <laughs> You know, I, I wish. Okay, never mind. Shut up, Trisha, before I say something <laughs> stupid. Okay, anyhow, I digress. So basically, but, go ahead. No, I just like it. It's like, oh, we do. Our best is at levitation. And he's like, oh, he wants to see. <laughs> <laughs> he's very excitable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He is. Right? That's what makes me love Flitwick. Yeah. And, I mean, he's just so eager to learn, too. Then what was so sweet as this, this, did you? By any chance, help a certain Nymphadora Tonks with her newts, Charles Project. <laughs> Baby. <Ooh. laughs> Might have been our idea, slightly kind of. But basically, it's not that they're too powerful, it's just that they're releasing the spell too fast. Mm-hmm. And they have to learn control again. And they have to learn to control, enough control to tone it down so that when they release it through the wand, because the wand channels the energy. And if you've been practicing spells without the wand, then you have a greater energy that you're releasing. And then when you release it through the wand, I mean, it's just way too much. So I can see that. It makes sense to me. And so they practice and they they get it, but they're, they're going to have to practice to get a steady Loomis and to really have the control that they need to do well in charms. But that's what they like to do. They like this kind of stuff. So yeah. they will practice it. They've been doing it for a while now at this point. I forget exactly when it is they start doing four um, years, four They've years, doing it for four years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, so that's a long time to be doing something and then be told to do it. You're doing it the wrong way or, mm-hmm. you know, you have to do it a different way. Well, it's like, here's a, a school teacher's analogy of this. We have parents that teach their children how to write their names. Hmm. And inevitably, they teach the children how to write their names all in caps. Hmm. Because it's easier to make the capital letters. And so the kids are very, very proud of themselves. They can write their names, but they have to unlearn that and learn how to write their names correctly when they get into kindergarten. And it's really hard to do. And if the parents would just teach them to do it correctly in the beginning, then they wouldn't have to unlearn it and relearn it. But it's really hard. And the parents are so proud of them, and the kids are so proud of themselves because they can write their names. It's really hard to say, okay, that's great. Now let's do it a new way. But you got to do it. So. Mm-hmm. And um, talking about teachers sharing things and kids talking to teachers, we've got... The kids going to Professor McGonagall to tell them about two other child animages. I know mm-hmm. I don't say that word right. Animagi. Animagi. I know. Students communicating with the professors about important information. Uh, Unbelievable. It's just this a is, scary thing. I mean, it's not in Harry Potter land. No. <laughs> what, what wonderful things happen when this does happen. Yeah. It's going to be so much fun. So... Yep. They don't know. They can't tell her. And the Sorting Hat's, of course, not going to tell anybody either. But they have hey, the I would clue. tell that thing I'll, I'll burn it if it does. If it didn't tell me. Mm-hmm. I don't just, think. Just, no. Okay. Cover your ears, hat. 
He's he's Sorry, looming yeah. over my shoulder. Don't don't you be messing <laughs> Sorry, with that. Yeah. Well, tell us that, and then then not, nothing will come come oh. to. No harm will come to you. No harm will come to you. I think having lived through, it hasn't happened yet in this one, but mm, having yeah. lived through fire once before, I don't think being told he's going to get burned is going to do much for Hat. You know mm. what? I do have a senior ripper. Oh, now that might. <laughs> Poor Hat. And then Hermione asks if Professor McGonagall will teach her to be an animagus. <laughs> and McGonagall doesn't have any recollection of saying that she might teach her at all. And it's something that happened way back on the first day that they met, I think. And so... No, she Hermione, says, uh, see, that's not just the Hermione thing. That's a kid thing, believe mm-hmm. me. Kids remember something that trivial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. And then we move on to lunch. And in this universe, lunch hour is kind of a hit and miss thing. You come for a little while, you get some food, you go. Some people stay longer, some people take food to go. It's just kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is way more than anybody has ever thought about lunch at Hogwarts, mm-hmm. ever. But, again, attention to detail. Uh, really good about that in the story. Mm-hmm. And they're wandering around looking for a place to practice their karate. <laughs> and they find a corridor up on the seventh floor that's sort of close to the dorm rooms, and they start doing it, and Dean shows up, and he's looking for a place to just sit and draw, and he wants to know if he can draw them while they're doing it. And since he's muggle-born as well, he knows what karate is, and he's not overly odd about it or anything like that. He's impressed with their skill. But that's about it. And so, but he's impressed when the, he finds out that they're technically black belts. He thinks that's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, a, a good use of, of Dean's, you know, muggle-born nature to mm-hmm. have a little bit of normality for them. Because you know, if it had been anybody else, pretty much, if it had been Seamus, for example, he'd be like, whoa, what's this going on, guys? Mm-hmm. What, what's, what's this stuff? And it would have yeah. been just weird. It'd be lots and lots and lots of questions. Not even Seamus, but Ron or someone. And I like that he brings in Dean's writing as well, or drawing as well, because we know yeah. from canon that he draws. And, I, and again, it's just fleshing out the characters a little bit more, which is really kind of a nice thing. Yeah. So. Hey, speaking of Seamus, he finds out about the, the uh, mm-hmm. karate in just a second here. He does. And what does he think about it? <laughs> well, you're Harry Potter. Of course you're doing special training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There we go. And then we get a letter from Hagrid asking them if they'll come down and let him know all about their first week. And so they decide that they're going to go down and see him. He's a nice guy. He's mm-hmm. a big man, but he's a nice guy. He is a nice guy. And then we're going to go and talk flowers with Professor Snape. Yes. And I like this. I don't think I've ever seen this done before. I, I've, this was unusual. I know about the um, language of flowers, I guess is how you would say it. Mm-hmm. And we did do a story, a Hufflepuff story once when we were peons that had mm-hmm. the language of flowers in it. And I know Scarlett, I was really hoping Scarlett would be here for this because I know she looked up a bunch of stuff and, and she knew some things, but she hasn't made it. So it's an interesting idea 
that Snape, when Snape starts asking his questions about, you know, the powdered root of asphodel and the infusion of wormwood and things like that, that he's kind of asking some questions or, or letting Harry know something. And in canon, Harry had no clue what was going on, but because this Harry has spent a little time with Aunt Andy, mm-hmm. he is at least aware of the fact that the flowers can mean something. Yeah, it, it is interesting because it pulls in, of course, the very popular fan theory about what Snape was trying to say to um, Harry in that first lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, beyond the fact that I'm just a, you know, I'm going to be a dick to you all the time. Right. Uh, <laughs> Go on. But <laughs> I, he is okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, he's a. No, you know, he, you're right. <laughs> but to to they bring it in a, in a good way because it's not it. I don't think it, it, it's like immediately Harry, and Harry knew the language of flowers already. He was like, oh, thank you, Professor. I will say daisy mm-hmm. flowers, you know, you know some, I don't know, I can't speak actual flower. Yeah, so, but the the fact that they kind of go out in a, in a more measured way. He has to look it up. He's, I think he does, I, I don't, I, will, I don't know if we get to it in this, these chapters, but I think he gets the translation like not completely mm-hmm. correct. I really like that, that it's kind of, he doesn't quite get it right, but it's close enough that he's able to respond correctly. So it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, something else done, done well. And I don't think I've ever actually seen somebody do it quite like this. Mm-mm. Very. No. And I like that because the language of flowers is a real thing. So to be able to tie it in here was just really kind of a neat thing. And who knows? Maybe it's something Joe was kind of trying to do and nobody really caught it. But here we got it. Or maybe it's something that, you know, like math, she just wasn't thinking about. She was just looking for different potion ingredients and she used something that made sense to somebody. So, Well, the thing is also, I always think um, Wolf's Bane and stuff like that, it's just... I thought that was foreshadowing for more for Lupin and stuff. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and that could have been too. So Harry, he, he's polite. He doesn't know all the answers, but he knows a couple of the answers. And he uh, he kind of gets through it. He, he gets a point taken away for cheek, which, you know, is all right. And they start doing the boil curing potion. And, of course... Porcupine quills get added in, and of Neville and Ron's cauldron melts down, and you oh. know you don't want to be Neville's partner no. in potions. Well, poor Neville. No. I know, and I like this Neville again. This is a fleshed-out Neville. He's Harry's coming in, making friends with him a little bit sooner than he does in canon, sure. and we get a little bit. You know, Neville gets there in the end in canon, but here he's going to maybe get there just a little bit quicker. Sure. And that's, you know, that's, you know, kind of a normal fan, uh, you know, reaction to that. And Neville gets so awesome in the later books. It's, it's really kind of shame, you know, how little he's used initially. But when you're rereading, when you're rewriting it, you can make Neville as important as you want. And mm-hmm. in this case, they make him basically the third member of the trio and he goes down with them to Hagrid's and everything. So. Yeah. Are you saying good night to your kiddo? Me? Yeah. 
No, I was yawning. Oh, and I was okay. trying to cover it up. <laughs> you failed. You failed. My, my kiddo is already asleep on the couch. He, he's... Yeah, okay. So Excellent. if we hear snoring, it's not Aaron, it's Ulrich. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, it, I'm getting it, there, it could so be I got me. about a half hour. <laughs> we could both be snoring, so, it, it, you know, don't discount it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my God! Somebody fell asleep. I can hear somebody snoring. <laughs> I wondered what that noise was. <laughs> so they uh, drop in and see Neville at the hospital wing because he's got boils all over him because of the potion. And then they—is this when they take him down to Hagrid? So they go down with yeah. him the first time. Yep. Yeah. And Harry's thinking about you know Hermione's like. The draw to the living death is newt level. He shouldn't have no- expected you to know that. <laughs> and Harry's like, yeah, but you did. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm smarter than But this is where he brings up the, the flower book that he saw at Andy's house. And he's going to write to Andy and find out if this means anything. Oh, my God. A kid conversing with an adult <laughs> and getting important information. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Insane adult, too. Really? Communication. Exclamation point. <laughs> I know. There's so yeah. much that we could have fixed in canon if there had just uh, been communication. Uh-huh. Yeah. Speaking of which, they go down to, to Hagrid's, the three of them, mm-hmm. and Harry gets information about his parents from... One of the many people who knew them. And it's information that might actually be useful in some way. Never. He finds out that Snape and Lily were friends. And he finds out in book one. Yeah. Like within a week of starting Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. That, mm-hmm. and that- imag- communicate, the magic of communication. <laughs> let's just say. I don't know, Trisha. Aaron's given given uh, the title a run for your money. It was going to be Trisha Bears All, but now it might be something about me communication. We'll have to I, rethink this. It's called communication, people. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You missed the story, Aaron. Trisha showed off her legs earlier. Oh, exciting. Yeah, her yeah. her shirt sort of crawled up inside her jacket until it was no longer visible. Fun. No. Yeah. It wasn't fun. <laughs> well, it might have been fun for the people around her, but not so much for Trisha. Oh. So, and there's a, a paper, of course, in a, a newspaper in Hagrid's about the Gringotts break-in. And, of course, he tells them to keep their nose out. That's going to happen. Right. Yeah. And Neville's like, I didn't I see you at the Leaky Cauldron that day? Weren't you going to Gringotts on Hogwarts business? Did you see anything suspicious? Nope, nope, didn't see nothing, says Hagrid. Don't you worry. No safer place than Hogwarts. No dark wizard's going to be in here. Nope, nope, uh-uh. Now, well, some of the words are Ryan. Mm-hmm. And Harry's starting to put two and two together. Harry's got his maths down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, Harry's very much the uh, the inquisitive investigator on this one, mm-hmm. and as he's in canon, uh, they they just love those mysteries. They just do. love them. 
And we, we move to the next chapter, and we have the two of them writing a letter back home to their parents. And I love this. This is such a brother-sister thing. Because mm-hmm. Hermione's writing on each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Hermione's writing something, and Harry's like, no, wait, wait, you're not explaining that right. Let me write it. And, they, you know, they're pulling it back and forth. And at one point, they actually, like, rip it in half, don't they? Because they're... they're uh, Trying so hard to get it away from the other one so that they can write on it. Or they levitate it somehow. I don't know what they do. They do something, and then it has a whole bunch of smudges on it. Yeah. It's and, the, yeah. yeah. Could, you, could you just imagine just being the parent reading this? you got, like, two different different handwritings going on. You're like, oh, okay. It's Harry speaking. All right. Now it's Hermione speaking. It's Harry now. Yeah. It's still Herm- it's still Harry. But at least oh, their nope. handwriting's <laughs> so different that the parents are going to be able to figure it out fairly well. Yep. Yeah, While they're... The they're holding their stomachs in fits of glorious laughter at the mm-hmm. at their insanity. Yeah. And he's doing wandless magic in public and Hermione's like, Harry, you can't do that and they end up having to do a, a smudge removing spell because they've smudged the paper so bad that it you know, they can't read it anymore. <laughs> no, but, uh, what you what you said though about it being very much like a brother and sister thing that gets sold very well. I think in the story that they are brother and sister, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not just, you know, that he grew up with them. It's that they've become that close, like siblings. And I think it's, a, it's a, it's an interesting, this is actually, um, on a, on a slight tangent, this is actually one of my favorite tropes and I don't see it a whole lot, but Harry as as the brother, usually with a younger sister, but Harry with with a with a sibling, I love to read it because it's it's makes it his existence so much less sad. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was when he was an only child, and they had to live with Dudley, who Dudley hates him, right? And or and it doesn't really know better, but he but he hates him and he he torments him. Having that is just that 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 sucks. But when he has a sister, it's usually a sister. Uh, you know, I always love those stories, and uh, it was really great because he's not alone anymore, and he has he has Hermione, and it's it's a little odd. I've I've been reading a lot more Harry Hermione stuff than I used to, mm-hmm. and so it's it, uh, mainly because I ran out of good Harry Ginny stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I read like every Harry Jenny that existed, and I was like, okay, I guess I have to look for something else now. Um, but anyway, um, the it's it's great to see him have that relationship with somebody, and uh, yeah, so that's all really. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy for him. Yeah, we've covered a couple of pretty good Harry Hermione stories the last couple of years, so yeah, mm. there's some really good ones out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our our new uh, forum members are very much into. Snape with Harry, mm, not ugh. necessarily the two of them together, but more of a daddy son kind of a thing. And they're 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 looking really hard to find something for us to do. <laughs> so far, that, I haven't seen anything jump out at me. But yeah. there was one I was I started to read and couldn't get any farther. It was like to shape and change. Is that it? Yeah, that's the. It's going to be the last one or one of the yeah. last ones on here. Yeah. I tried to get into that one and just could not do it. I got like about 10 chapters in. I was just like, okay, no, no, I'm, I'm done. But this was not one of those. This was, I'm going to read all of it and every other story this author has ever written. So, <laughs> yeah. So let's see, where were we? We are, they're still kind of writing the letter. They're going to finish it up and send it on its merry way. He ends up going and introducing himself to 
Amanda Brocklehurst of the noble house of Brocklehurst. And I, I like this, that he is systematically going through and introducing himself to all of these different people and just letting them know that he's there and, and he, he knows his place and he's got a little bit of the political grasp going on and he, he mm-hmm. knows kind of what he's doing. And it's nice to see Harry coming in with a little bit more knowledge of the wizarding world so that he's not blind as he was when he started in canon. Uh, I like the idea that there's a, a theater in Diagon Alley, mm-hmm. and they're they're doing a, a revival of something from Tales of the Beetle of the Bard, which of course didn't exist until after, uh, until essentially after Canon was completed. Mm-hmm. And I, the Wizard in the Hopping Pot, which is just a bizarre and strange tale, but <laughs> anyhow, yeah. But and I like how it incorporates not just the actual story, but also kind of the Dumbledore's notes of it, about it, how mm-hmm. it had changed over the years uh, from being, you know, this kind of pro muggle or pro really uh, pro, not even pro muggle, but pro. Um, I was going to say uh, more like um, cooperation, uh, mm-hmm. not cooperation, but uh, you know, the muggles working with the, the, with the magic users together you know, right. and being more of a, a inclusive kind of thing and how it's gone away from that. And now they're kind of going back to that. Yeah. To the original. To. Yeah. And, you know, and again, I'm reminded of old podcasts when I don't even remember which one it is. It's the one where the, where they all wore kilts. That's all I remember about it. But I remember Ryan talking about, you know, how, Whenever we read a story, there, there's always like sets in our mind where mm-hmm. we're like, okay, well, oh, they've just changed this set to this set. And, you know, where does that theater go when it's not in these stories kind of thing? Well, here we mm-hmm. go. We've got the theater back in the story. So, you know, it, it's, it's fun to be able to see these little ideas come back. And I like, yeah, I like the idea of theater because theater's fun. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you have all sorts of stories you can tell with that. I think it was, uh, by the way, I think when you were thinking of the psychic serpent where they have the kilts and they go to the opera. Is that the one? Okay, yeah, the opera house. Yeah. But uh, incorporating something that's on uh, Dumbledore's uh, uh, famous wizard card. Mm. It mentions that he loves opera and that, which I don't think has ever, ever been dealt with in any other story other than that one. (laughs) Not that we're talking about that story right now. We're talking about this story. Yes. (laughs) We are. Yeah. And they also, it's funny, she also incorporates the Professor Flitwick's choir, which isn't exactly a uh, a (laughs) written canon thing, but it's an interesting way to to kind of of reconcile that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and... And yeah, going back to last week's when we did it, where you can have an owl or a cat or a toad, those are the big animals. Mm-hmm. And I don't think of toads as being all that large, but in canon, when you have, the, in movie canon, where mm-hmm. you have the toad choir, those are huge. But then Ron can bring scabbers because it's a little pet, or you can bring the tarantula because it's a little yeah. pet. So, yeah. And and I don't think of Trevor as being that huge, but maybe he was. But then it'd be harder for him to disappear on Neville all the time. That's true. I mean, he could just be stealthy. He's he 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 crawls under an upturned cardboard box, and no one can see him. 
he has his own toad invisibility cloak. That <laughs> hey, yeah, that works. He dons whenever he wants. Is it to is it this story where they they find him in the bathroom, or am I making or am I thinking of a different one? Um, I just I just remember the one that Trevor's really his grandfather hiding from <laughs> hiding from his <laughs> that one's good. hiding from his grandma. Yeah, now, is, is it this one where? It, Trevor and Harry are kind of seen together, Harry in his kitten form and Tre- Trevor in his frog form, and people are like, ooh, what are these two up to? Is that this one? I can't remember. It's further along. It's not something that we've read yet. But yeah, I'm not sure. I it's, I don't recall. It's not in, in this group of chapters. So, yeah, I, I was at the dog park today listening to the very end of of the story so that I could get it all reread for this podcast tonight. The end of these chapters or the end of the, the actual? The end of these chapters. Okay. I, I've read up to chapter 41 and that's it. Okay. And then I That's started... good. There's like another, what, 30 chapters after that? You just, I, I, I had to reread all this stuff too because it's, I was very, con- I was confused. Mm-hmm. I've been reading this and, um, the other story, the, the Arithmancer. Um, been reading those, uh, chapter by chapter. And then he actually had a third story he was doing for a little while where Hermione actually travels back in time into her infant self. And, wow. uh, and, uh, that one was pretty cute, actually. Um, uh, like she has like, uh, but I'm sorry, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go off on that one, but I was reading, the, he was, he was releasing chapters for all three of those stories weekly. And that fortunately that third one was very short. It was like eight chapters. But for the first, like for like the first six weeks I was reading these stories, I was reading three different chapters from three different stories each oh, week. That would it was really confusing. So hard, uh, <laughs> so hard to keep everything straight. But fortunately, fortunately, tonally they do change a little bit. You know, the, um, the other one, I don't want to talk about it too much, but the arithmancer is almost completely from Hermione's perspective, mm-hmm. and it, totally, it's it's very different. Um, I, I feel like it, it diverges enough that you can really feel the differences between these two stories. And of course, the third one was short and, and very much different kind of stuff. Hello, Kitty. My cat is 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 trying to make herself known on the. Podcast. <laughs> well, we've had all three cats here now. <laughs> well, they, they know we're telling a story about about cat Harry, so they have yes, to. Uh, they, they've decided they have to be part of this podcast. That's right. Hey, Maggie. Floor went. Hey, cutie. <laughs> Do you sure. want to be on the podcast? Meow. My Alex or my Bernie was in the the special edition puffa that we did the other day. He was hungry, and so he was just like meow. Meow, climbed up on top of my head and was giving me a nookie trying to get me to get off the podcast so that I'd go and feed him. Oh, devil child. So, Oh, cats. Yeah. What would we do without them? Oh, I don't know. Life would be boring. Trisha, yeah. I can't hear you. Sleep more. Oh, there you are. Sleep more. Sorry. I, pu- I pushed it away. I didn't realize it. We All have... Right, guys, I got 15 more minutes. I'm trying to get through. Okay. Okay. This short chapter. Flying Club. Harry's talking about, I want to try out for Quidditch, but I can't do it next year. Whoops, now you're breathing into your mic, Trisha. (laughs) You can't win, can you? No, not today. No. Hermione and Harry are going up to mail this letter that they've written to their parents. And Hermione has a letter that she's written as well about Harry's scar hurting that he's not wanting her to send, so she's being really sneaky about it. And then he has one going to Cousin Andy about the flowers. And Mm -hmm. part of the reason that 
he's so sure that something's up with what Snape said was Draco's reaction. Draco mm-hmm. looked really surprised. And so he wants to know if there's anything on the language of flowers, if she can look it up and let him know. And also he lets her know that he's introduced himself to all the noble houses, the children of all the noble houses this year. And their reactions were about what she thought they'd be. But Lord Brocklehurst might be a little bit more open and might be an ally. So, you know, check out their Christmas production this year. And is there any way we can have more secure communications just in case we need to do, you know, send something? Wow. They're not only communicating with the adults, but they're asking to have communication that's more (laughs) secure, that's better communication. (sighs) Communication! Exclamation point. I, seriously, <laughs> it's 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 a revelation. Communication, the only way to go. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's just it's ridiculous. They're they're talking to people all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And then we have the Weasley twins, and they've got the map, and on the third floor corridor, it just says Fluffy. And what terrible thing could happen to you with something called Fluffy? And so they get to the door, and it's locked, and they alohomoro it, and they see Fluffy. (laughs) They're like, oh, crud. Yep. (laughs) Damn Hagrid. (laughs) Only only Hagrid would call something like that Fluffy. (laughs) Boy, when Dumbledore says a very painful death, he's not kidding. What is that thing doing up here? It's like, oh wait, no, not worth it. There's a trap door. So, and unlike unlike Harry and Hermione, who they see a trap door, like I must know what's under it. They're like, uh, that's okay. Yeah, they're like, (laughs) let's 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 pretend this never happened. Let's trick somebody else into going in there. And it's. It's funny because this is yet again, an, an, uh, yet again, something that the details, they had the map, mm-hmm. they knew how to use the map. Of course they would see Fluffy's name on there because you can see animals, mm-hmm. uh, at least, I think magical animal. I forget exactly what the... Yeah, because you can see the, Mr. Well, Norris. Yeah, okay, yeah, I was going to say you did see Mr. But... I think I think it's a reference that you can see Trevor at one point also um, in 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 canon. Um, I may be making that up, but I, I could have sworn I saw Trevor. Or he sees Trevor in like in book four or something. But um, then that brings back the question: Why didn't they know that Peter Pettigrew was in bed with Ron every night? <laughs> Just saying. <sighs> But that's I don't not know if, the story. Well, and I don't remember if it's if it's addressed or not in the story. But yeah, maybe it is. I don't remember. I don't, I I don't know recall. That the rat is very scared around Harry, and Harry thinks it's because he can tell that he's got cat-like tendencies. But I have a feeling that that's not what it is. Mm. But we haven't got that far yet. Well, you know, doesn't Harry have control? Uh, um, sorry to go back for a second. Doesn't Harry have control of the map for the majority of book three? And doesn't he never notice that that Peter Pettigrew is in the Gryffindor boys' <laughs> in dorm the bed next to him? Apparently not. Yeah. Well, but by that time, has no, because it's book four that uh, that the rat. No, 
No, it's, it's book three. It's book three that the rat takes like, off. So about the time that he gets the map must be about the time that Peter splits. Yeah. Because Peter would also, know that he had the map. Yeah, and also I think um, he doesn't... He wouldn't check the, the, his own dorm that much, especially if he's in his dorm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's looking for ways out of the castle, not ways to move five feet to the left. So, right. uh, so I, I guess that makes sense. But I, I would, I would be interesting while I'm reading book three to go, to to look at it in, in that lens of, uh, you know, why 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 is what's the logistics of that? When does when does Scabbers take off so that Harry doesn't see him uh, in the in the map? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a good thought and a good question. You'll have to let us know. I will let you know. Um, possibly on the uh, if if it ever happens, the can, the canon is fanfic uh, or the fanfic yeah, canon is fanfic. You know, uh, poofo exchange. There you um, go. Which Deathrow wants me to join him on. Cool. So we'll see. We'll Those see. Are good ones. Yes, they were. The first two were very good. Mm-hmm. So we have Emma Granger. Getting a tap, tap, tap. Oh, look, it's Hedwig. She's got bail. <laughs> it's totally... <laughs> when your computer says you get mail, you have that... sound. Mm-hmm. If you're a wizard, you have tap, tap, tap. <laughs> An angry and owl screeches. Goes, knock, knock, knock. knock, knock. That's Penny. what I have on my phone. <laughs> my phone, if I get a text, goes knock, 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 so... That works. I'm going to start envisioning owls now whenever I get a text. That'll what if be there's cool. an owl sound I can put on my... That would be a good mail tone, I just thought of. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. And then we get a letter from Ron to his parents, because, you know, Percy's making me right. And guess what? I'm a Gryffindor. Oh, yeah, that was kind of obvious. And But Harry Potter's my roommate. Sorry, Jenny. He was raised by muggles. and uh, But he knows political stuff or whatever dad works on. And he's heard of dad. That's kind of cool. So, and he traded me a, you know, a pumpkin, pumpkin pasty patch. for a sandwich. What kind of what kid a fool. is that? I know. <laughs> I don't understand this at all. Oh, Ron, you poor dumb bastard. Yeah, that's totally it, too. <laughs> Classes are okay, I guess. I've got a lot of homework. Yeah. Damn Neville took a point for me. <laughs> Stupid Neville. He's always messing things up. Aw. And then we have a letter from Andy saying, thanks for the tip on Lord Brock- Brocklehurst. We're checking it out. Um, here's the plant information. But, you know, for Snape, don't antagonize him, okay? I don't know why he'd be sending you a message, but just in case he is, uh, Aphidol... Nope, I didn't say that right. Asphodel is a strong expression of regret. Wormwood can mean bitterness, but it also means absence. You're a good thing to say back would be agrimony, but, you know, don't do anything that is going to make him mad at you. Good luck. Hmm. And now we got Minerva. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's doing research. She yeah. Is. She's she's gotten information that's useful via communication, and now she's using that information to possibly generate more useful information that she will then most likely communicate back to the children. It's the the glorious cycle of life. I I don't know what to say. It's it's all right. I have the 
best drinking game for this podcast. <laughs> Every time we say communicate, communication, someone has to take a drink. Oh, People be shit-faced like no one's business. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to remember to put that at the beginning of this. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, I was going to get my mic. So those out there in listener land, if you want to enjoy this podcast even more, every time Aaron says the word communication, then you should take a drink. Take a shot. <laughs> oh, God. Let's, let's see. It's then great. Record, then we want everybody to record what they thought of the podcast after the drinking game stopped. <laughs> Send in your voicemails. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to send White Squirrel a, a letter of apology. Sorry, we've made your story into a drinking game. Oh, dear. That's oh, really the ultimate compliment, though. Nothing it, is totally. really, nothing really is, has made it until you make a drinking game out of it. So, <laughs> congratulations, White Squirrel. We made a drinking game out of your story. <laughs> Just that kind of thanks with a question mark at the end of it. <laughs> thanks. <Yeah>. Thanks a <laughs> Thank you, I think. <laughs> oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, but, she's, but she's in the restricted section. Uh-huh, she's looking yeah. up about cursed scars. Yes. Your kitty has an itch, Erin. Yes, yes, she does. <laughs> she's she's sitting in my lap. She's okay. She's good. You good? <laughs> good now, cat. All right, calm down. Just lay there. Okay. <laughs> hey, we're in chapter twenty now. Yay! <laughs> and there was much rejoicing. <laughs> All right, I. This is my last chapter. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> you want to start us off? Um, her mind. The, the karate lesson, the karate skills are getting spread throughout the school. Mm-hmm. People are coming up and watching. I don't know if I would want people to come up and watch me exercise. No, get, get self-conscious about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but part I'm like of the... I'd probably fart or something like that, and everybody would know. <laughs> part of the karate, though, is the concentration and and the. Getting in that mindset. So I think once they got in the mindset, they wouldn't even know they had an audience. That's true. Hey, yeah, look, I mean, I didn't notice my skirt was coming up over my, <laughs> my jacket. <laughs> there you go. Yes, it's, it's no amazing more, the things you won't notice. No more exercise for you. Yeah, really. So Susan Bones has come up, and she wants to know what karate is exactly. And they tell her it's how they muggles defend themselves. And... uh they show her, they run through a, a keta, I hope that's how you say it, and they, you know, they're almost in sync. Harry's a little faster, but Hermione's, you know, no slouch. The muggle birds are duly impressed. And mm. so, but Susan is slightly confused because... Yeah, I mean, I think that would be hard. They seem dueling of wands and stuff like that. Yeah, I could say... It's probably trying to teach them how to, I mean, they've seen quite a, how do you teach someone soccer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's like me going over there and there's someone over to England, someone teaching me how to, like, how to, um, how to play cricket. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, I'm like, isn't this in baseball? Yeah. Well, and, you know, they're right. Up against wizards with wands, 
karate's not going to do a whole lot of good, except for that it gives you a little bit more of a dodging skill. But the control of the karate and the control of what they're learning is going to give them more skill with the wand. Yeah, I mean, what karate does is anything, like, even, like, dance and stuff like that, it makes you aware of your body and where your Mm. position of your body is. Mm -hmm. And pretty much that is just, I mean... That's that's a talent in in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, I mean, that's why you sh- usually you see if there's a dancer or something like that, they're good almost in any kind of sport that you want to. I mean, pretty much because they're they're aware of where their body is located pretty much at all times. Unlike me, who trips over things all the time because I'm not aware of anything around me. Um, <laughs> I mean, not a word. That sounds familiar. I can't say I can't say anything because I mean, I was a dancer, I was a gymnast, stuff like that. I can't walk down the street in high heels. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, high heels are terrible things, anyhow. So yeah. Yeah, they are. But the thing is, I mean, I because my my brother wasn't a gymnast, my brother wasn't a dancer, and stuff like that. He was. I can always remember him being more upset with me because I got some sports better than he was. Like mm-hmm. I picked it up easier. Yeah. The thing is, is just I was more aware of my body, and I think that's a different aspect than some of the things mm-hmm. in life. And that's what karate does; it makes you aware of your body, right? Kind of like yoga and all of this other, and all the other, other weird things. Yeah. It, it, and, you know, they, they talk about it being something that they're, they're doing not just for, you know, mogul self-defense, but also that it will help them with dueling. In addition to that body position awareness, which is uh, very important, of course, also just general physical fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, long, the more stamina that you have, the longer you can, you know, stay moving during the fight. I mean, yeah, it's good to have the reflexes to dodge, but if you can only dodge three times and you collapse in a heap and panting, you know, mm-hmm. uncontrollably, then it's not going to help you that much. But uh, with with this, they, you know, you get the feeling that they'll be able to, you know, stay in in fights longer and um, be more effective, um, and you know that'll be, you know, it's but it, you know, it's it's the inevitable scene where they're you know learning to <laughs> learning their their martial arts or they're they're going for a jog mm-hmm. or you know. I think diverse, I think I even saw swimming in one maybe, where they where, where Harry like they they discover the the room for requirement and they go swimming all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like I, every every permutation. This is this is not a bad one. It's just it's 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 done very organically. So mm-hmm. it's I, I I'm jesting. It's it's a good one. Uh, you just wanted me to find the sound clip of. Dumbledore saying something about the hidden swimming pool. I know what you're after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Is, that, is, that, is that a thing? Was that was that in something? I don't remember that. I don't know. That Harry Potter musical, it just always sneaks back into these podcasts somehow or another. Because it's freaking fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And I know you can find that clip, and you know why I know you can find that clip? Because I found other ones. Because Hufflepuffs are particularly good find. <laughs> That's true. We are.
going to go from happy Hufflepuffs to Harry saying Voldemort's name and scaring poor Susan half to death because <gasps> he said the name. Hmm. How dare he? <laughs> and he's like, oops, sorry. I just say it. <laughs> They're like, wow. You know, and in her mind, he's like, you know, you know who just does. It's not the way to do it. It causes fear. Yeah, you guys are a little creepy, but all right. Yeah, it, it, it makes you think also about how in canon, of course, Hermione calls him, you know, who from the beginning. She, I don't know, I don't remember when she first calls him Voldemort, but it's not, you know, she calls him, you know, who for the entire series. And yeah, why, why does that make any sense? She's a, she's a muggle-born. She doesn't have any fear of his name. She shouldn't. No. But, Maybe she should. I mean, he was a scary yeah. dude, but. That's true. But he, you know, she's read the books, so she knows yeah. what she's supposed to say. Harry never read the books, so he doesn't know that he can't say the name. And it's, very it's so much fun to watch people's re- reaction to saying Voldemort. Uh, I don't know who's talking here, but he's talking about a hand glider. That, uh, you know, this big yeah, scale I was thing. Yeah, I'm confused oh. who that was. That's Ron. <laughs> was it Ron? I thought it was, I couldn't remember if that was canon with, um. I think oh, it is canon. He's on the broom. I see. And, uh, mom's grinding me for a month because I got tangled up with a muggle hand glider. Oh. Grounded, grounded. No broom riding. Ron's telling. You know, broomstick stories. Mm-hmm. And because that's that's Ron for you. He likes to tell stories. He does. And they're getting ready to have their first flying lesson. And Longbottom's got his remember all. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, if you hold it, it, it gets cloudy or it turns red. If you've forgotten something, uh-oh, I forgot something, but I don't know what it was. I don't know what I've forgotten. Yeah. Sorry, I, I still can hear his... His little voice going, I don't know what I've forgotten. <laughs> and here comes Draco. And Ron starts, you know, what do you want, Malfoy? But Harry waves him back and greets him as a fellow lord and wants to know what he's up to. And I, I'm pretty sure, I'm not, not 100% sure, but I'm fairly sure that the line about uh, uh, the the rumor that he's concocting a vast and impractically convoluted plan to take over Wizarding World with Muggle Science. Mm-hmm. I think that's a nod to um, the Methods of Rationality um, story, which is basically that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And I, I see, by, by the way, that's, I, that's one of the other things I see about it. I see the, the influence of that story on this a lot, This that same kind of thoughtful you know, perusal of the canon and uh, kind of the interesting... No? no? Okay, no. Um, the kind of thoughtful, you know, approach to things, the, the very more realistic kind of tone about the uh, uh, way certain things go, the kind of the cordiality between mm-hmm. Harry and, and Malfoy. Um, if cordiality is even a word, I, I don't know. It's getting late over here, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm drinking caffeine, so I've got, I got, I got this. We'll so be good. You're good. All right. Yeah, I'm good. Let's keep it up. Maybe it's a good thing I wasn't drinking mics tonight. Hmm. No, you went drunk. <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's like, you're doing something, what are you up to? And he's trying to cause trouble, but McGonagall's closing in and he can't get too much because 
he he knows that she's not going to let him get away with anything. And so then he turns on Neville because Neville's always fair game. And although Neville's stuttering, he does stand up for himself. You know, Draco says, your grand sent you a remember all, did she, Longbottom? You should really get an elf to remind you of things like a respectable family. And Neville says, well, Gran has her own ideas about how to do things respectably, Mr. Malfoy. And so, and of course, you know, most of the watching people think that he wouldn't have said that if he didn't know that McGonagall was hovering over his shoulder. But still, he stood up to Draco there, and that's a big step for Neville. I love it. And I like, and I love the idea of they that that Neville and and Draco used to be friends mm-hmm. when they were when they were little, and the uh, and I, I don't know. I thought I thought that was hilarious that they ended up that, that, that there was a time you know it, uh, you know uh, Hogwarts babies mm-hmm. you know or whatever <laughs> where yeah. where these two people who you never think of ever really having anything in common. Uh, or, and, or never think of being friendly could have, could have, you know, just through the mutual, uh, experience of being toddlers or being, you know, mm-hmm. small children, you know, I guess you'd be make friends with whoever's around you, that kind of thing. So it was, it, it's, it's funny. I like yeah. that. I like that idea. Uh, and it's not the first time I've seen that idea. So yeah, they, no. they've been kind of drugged together. It's like almost like a coffee clutch thing where mm-hmm. the parents all get together. So then the kids are friendly because their parents are always hanging out together. And and that's kind of how this started out. But as they grew older, then it didn't stay that way. And Malfoy's uh, dickish uh, normal personality came through and started making mm-hmm. fun of Neville. Yeah. Bastard. I hate that guy. <laughs> So they go into flying lessons and Neville's having a terrible time, you know. Welcome to your first flying lesson. Well, what are you waiting for? Everyone step up to the left side of their broomstick. Come on now, hurry up. Stick your right hand over the broom and say up. Hermione starts giving him tips, and he kind of, you know, he gets it, and then he takes off and shoots into the air like he does in cannon, and ends up with a broken wrist. And and here we have the cat-like reflexes of the seeker, but. Neither of them actually ever get off the ground. Uh, I was wondering how they, how, how he was going to do this. I was very interested. Mm-hmm. And what did you think? Um, I kind of wanted him to rebel against Hermione because sometimes Hermione is not, she's not the least, but she is. She's mm-hmm. the one that holds him back. And I, every once in a while, I want Harry just to go, bah! <laughs> Yeah, but he here we have the politics thing going on again. So instead of like in canon where Draco just takes off on the broom and and hucks the remember all for Harry to chase, he tries to goad 
Harry into declaring an alliance. <laughs> but Harry's too smart for him. And he... he Hermione has, rubbing off on him. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what kind of like kind of like perturbs me because yeah. And so Draco chucks it, and Harry catches it neatly because he has cat-like reflexes. And they're like, "Whoa, can you do that on a broom?" And McGonagall's right behind him and says, "I was wondering the same thing, Mister Potter." And everybody turns around and they're like. Ooh, and Harry and Draco are just like, oh, man, it's a good thing we didn't take off on our brooms. We'd have been in so much trouble. <laughs> and what we find out is that Gryffindor doesn't have a seeker. And so the policy is if they can't get a seeker in the upper, you know, grades, that they will open it to the first years. And what we get here is a bit of a Quidditch tryout after their lessons. Hmm. I love the um he the the burn that that uh Harry's like I've read Quidditch of the Ages, so I know how it works, and I can ride a bike, so that's probably that's probably gonna be good enough, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll be fine. Very snarky Harry. Yeah. I like snarky Harry. Snarky uh, Harry's kinda of fun. I really like Ron and mm-hmm. especially I mean he he takes I mean He's patient and he's showing them how to how to ride a broom and stuff like that. I, I just I don't know. I this is when I feel like Ron shined a little bit, and I was kind of hoping that Ron would come more into the group with this mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, I can't remember. Aaron, does he come more into the group? Does who? A- Ron. Does he kind of become a fourth member instead of? Because right now the trio is is Harry, Hermione, Neville. Oh. Do we get I it's been a long time since I read it the first time through and I can't remember but I think he's he's around you know he we don't write him out of the story I No. I'm pretty sure um, I read that they won't be together but that I could just, have been another fic. Yeah, I I I think it's leaning more towards Hermione Neville but I'm getting really I read this and then I read I always read this one first and then I read um The Rift Answer. The Rift Answer cuz I like that one better. And not that this isn't a good story, but uh, the other—I I like the other one just a little bit better. It's a little bit, a little bit more out of the box. Even mm-hmm. this one's very good, though. But I'm—I'm I'm just finished reading the uh, the Rhythmancer, and they just had the Quidditch World Cup scene, and I'm getting confused now between the two stories because mm-hmm. it's that one. They definitely are friends with the Weasleys, and and in fact, that one Harry and Ron are more. On their mm-hmm. own more than than they are. Um, Hermione is much more isolated in that story than she is yeah. in canon, even. Yeah. Uh, almost almost comically so at times, but uh, or um, actually not even comically, tragically so. Tragically would be the better, so. Be, be, yeah. Better way to put it, actually. Um, but that's we're not talking about that story. Um, I'm <laughs> really at a loss. I can't. I cannot tell you what okay. what the what the group composition is like later. I don't seem to think that he gets that much more involved though, which I'm fine with. It, uh, I don't feel like the inevitability of the trio is something that should be in every story. Uh, yeah. I, I, I always hate it when it's like, and naturally, from that point on, they were inseparable, you know, after the, after the troll. It's okay if they have the troll thing, but it doesn't have to always be the three of them. It can be, so someone else can be involved in that. And I think mm-hmm. Neville is in this one. If we, I don't know if we're, and it's in these chapters or not. If it, it, yeah, it might be. he's, he's around more. 
It's just that Trisha really likes Ron in, in this He's starting to shine, so she was just hoping we'd get to see more, I think. Well, you do see him. I mean, he's definitely, you know, one of the important characters, but I don't think he ever really gets... He's not like Ron. He's not He's not as important as canon Ron, mm-hmm. um, which is, like I said, not a bad thing necessarily. I think, I think it's mo- mostly Neville and, and, and Hermione and Harry and... Maybe more a little bit later. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm. We're mixing it up. Okay. We're gonna have to R A F O. Read and find out. <laughs> there you go. They take off, and Harry, of course, is a natural. He just settles it. He he gets on, and it's like getting on a bike. He's like totally the cushioning charm. Just kind of, it's like getting on a bike seat, and he's just totally at home on this broom. And he's pretty soon he's flying circles around Hermione and. Hermione does much better on a broom in this than she does in canon. And she does have Ron that's giving her, that's coaching her and giving her tips and, and stuff like that. And I agree with Trisha. Ron is really great in this scene because he's, he's patient and he's helpful and, and yeah, it's really, it's good to see him like this. But she does not have the instant love for it that Harry does. There's appreciation, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And then after they've had a lesson, they're going to have this try, this seeker tryout, and McGonagall is transforming little sneaker balls that she's going to levitate, and they're going to go chase. And he talks, Harry talks Hermione into at least trying out. So she says, "All right, I know you beat me, but I'll give it a try." And so they. Alphabetically, they do it, and she just starts with three balls to start with, and and they have to go and catch the balls. And we have, you know, Mr. Finnegan goes, and he gets two, and Hermione goes, and she gets two. She doesn't even try for the second one. She knows she won't be able to get all three, and then she just gets the third one and comes back. And then Malfoy goes, and, of course, he's had lots of practice, and he's very flamboyant on the broom. Mm-hmm. Flamboyant, that's a good word to describe Alfoy. Yes. And he gets three, as I recall. And, and so does Lily Moon, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got all three. I don't even know who Lily Moon is, but that's a great name. Mm-hmm. I like that name. And then Harry goes, and he's, you know, he catches the first one easily, goes for the second one, makes a beeline for it, nabs it, just... And then the third one, and he's like, wow, that was way too easy. And Malfoy gets in his face and says, you liar, you've been flying before. You couldn't fly that well if you'd never been on a broom before. And he's like, no, really, this is my first day. I'm just good. What can I tell you, Malfoy? And, yeah. Okay, you'd be surprised what you can learn from muggle sports, Mr. Malfoy. <laughs> so Miss Runcorn gets a turn, and she catches all three balls. And for the second drill, they're going to have to go after ten balls. And uh, Malfoy gets nine of them. Lily gets seven. Harry knows that even if he gets eight, he'll get on the house team, but he really wants to beat Malfoy. And, of course, McGonagall doesn't go easy. And he's catching them. At one point, he, like, flips over upside down. He backflips over to get going the other way. And the last one is really far away, and he doesn't think he's going to make it, but he's got to try for it, and he ends up just diving for it and freaking everybody out. (laughs) 
to snitch or die trying. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And That's all over. McGonagall's just McGonagall's just like Harry Potter. What do you think you're doing? It's like what? I got all ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was supposed to do, right? Isn't that what you wanted me to do? That you a good coach? <laughs> like, holy oh, cow. Harry. Never in all my time. <laughs> and Madam Hooch is like, yeah, yeah, that was reckless. Mm. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> it's cool, but no, bad. <laughs> yeah. No, no recklessness. No, no. I just got a little carried away. <laughs> Ron's like, bloody hell, Harry, I don't even think my brother Charlie could have done that. And, but it's that thing that you see every once in a while. Harry doesn't know he can't. Mm-hmm. So he does it. You know, if you don't know that you can't do something, then you're going to try all out to do it and make spectacular catches or do something spectacularly because no one's told you that you can't. And I love that about the magic. And I love that about this story is because he, he doesn't know he can't do it. So he does it and he's not bothered by it like everybody else is. He has no idea that what he just did was a reckless, crazy thing. He was having a great time flying in the moment, wanting to beat Malfoy. You know? And who doesn't want to beat Malfoy? And he just, just, mm-hmm. you want to, you look at him and you're like, man, I want to just kick that guy's butt <laughs> all the time. You just got to do it. <laughs> yeah. So McGonagall tells Hermione that she did really well too, and she might think about being a chaser next year. And she says, well, I'll think about it, but I'm not so sure about this. And we move on to chapter 21, but I think we're going to say goodnight to Trisha first. Yes, we are. Goodnight, Trisha. Goodnight. Goodnight, Trisha. Yeah. Goodnight, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Next week, Monday. Okay. We'll back to our regular schedule. All right, cool. Same pottered time, same pottered channel. Yep. (laughs) Goodnight, everyone. Goodnight. So, chapter 21, Minerva... Is communicating with Dumbledore. <gasps> Take a shot. Information <laughs> is being transmitted from one person to another in a manner that is could be described as communication. Ooh. It's unbelievable. And, and, and uh, of course, a hysterical moment. Dumbledore has paperwork. Lots and lots of government paperwork. It's just so realistic. He's got three big jobs. He, of course, he's inundated with paperwork all the time. He has to be. Yeah. I have one job and I'm inundated in paperwork. I can't imagine three jobs. Minerva's tickled to death that she's got Harry and that Harry's really good. And she can't wait to rub it in Snape's nose. Because Snape was gloating about the match last year. And I think that this year we have a chance. And Dumbledore's like... Well, as his magical guardian, I will happily grant my approval. And she says, but you're not. He's like, excuse me? (laughs) Whoops. Forgot that one. Oh, Dumbles. My name is Albus Dumbledore. Poor Dumbledore. Yeah. Not keeping up on his paperwork as well as he should be. No. It's a problem with having three jobs. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's shocked about it, but he's not... Shocked isn't quite the right word. He didn't know it had happened, but he's not totally surprised about it because I think he kind of had an inkling that the Grangers weren't thrilled with him being their mm-hmm. magical guardian. Yeah, he, he, he caught on to that one. Mm-hmm. 
Very observant Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> On occasion. <laughs> yeah. So, Harry and Hermione decide they're going to go do karate practice before dinner. Or at least try. Yeah, and once again, they are drawing a crowd, mm-hmm. including Slytherins. Slytherins. Yeah, they those wacky Slytherins. And Draco knows that Harry's up to something, and he wants to know what it is. And so he's going to sneak up there and see. And once he gets there and realizes that there's an audience, he's like, well, I'm just going to walk up and see what happens. And he tells him, I just came to watch. Like, okay. Yeah. And he peered around the corner and saw that a group of half a dozen Hufflepuffs, led by Susan Bones, no less, had come to watch. And Potter and Granger were openly explaining to them what they were doing. <gasps> you mean they're communicating? I think they might be <laughs> communicating. <laughs> it's become a joke, but it's crazy how much that changes things and how much it's a part of the story. They... They have this skill with karate, and rather than it being a secret thing they only practice in the room of requirement, it's something that they do in the open, and if anybody wants to join them, they'll show them how to, how to do some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll, they'll explain what it's about. They have this thing with the, with the wandless magic, and eventually, I, I don't know if that's... Well, they're Too telling far. all kinds of, they, they haven't told people at school so much, but they told, they haven't, they told talks about it and they, and, they're, and, and they told the siblings of the first years and this year exactly. about it they're, so that they could practice before they got here. It's not a secret. They have, no. they're not making, they're, 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 they're coming up with stuff and ex- with the possibly sole exception of Harry's Animega status, which is l- illegal mm-hmm. and, and unprecedented. That, that's the that's the true kind of um, unique you know, skill that he has. Probably uh, just speculating the the power the Dark Lord knows not somehow he's gonna at, at in the at the end of the story he's going to change into his animagus form and he's gonna claw out Voldemort's eyes. Mm-hmm. That's what's gonna that's how he's gonna win. Right. I'm I'm calling it right now. Or either that or Voldemort's gonna transfigure him into like a, a pill, swallow him, and then Harry's gonna turn into a cat in his stomach and like claw out like al- alien style. <laughs> It'd be fantastic. I want to see it happen. But no, anyway. I'm the alien. No, 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 wait. <laughs> but seriously, though, the, the, the fact that they communicate these things and they want to communicate and they do it effectively, it's really kind of amazing. And, mm-hmm. and it really changes things a lot. And I, I, I really love it. And I, I, we're, we're, making, we're making a joke of it, but it's really uh, a great quality of the story that mm-hmm. is really is really not something that you see in canon, of course, but in in fan fiction in general because it's so em- it so emulates canon and right. um, to see it something different like this is really quite uh, quite impressive, honestly, to mm-hmm. to go that way and to do it really well, which I feel like they do. Yeah, well, I'm thinking of some of the other stories that we've covered on Puffa. We're always excited when they gasp. Go ask a teacher for help. Mm-hmm. You know, do something that a normal kid would actually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they almost kind of get into a, a bit of a, a thing here because Malfoy, of course, can't keep his mouth shut, and it, you know, so Potter, you're learning to fight like a muggle. Waste of time to me. Why would you bother? And Harry says, "Well, you keep bodyguards like a muggle." And Malfoy's like, well, I can take you any time with a wand. I'll do it tonight if you want. Wands at midnight, if you're brave enough for a proper wizard's duel, that is. 
And Ron's like, yeah, I'll be a second. Yeah, uh-huh. And Hermione's like, uh, no. And, and Harry says, Hermione, you know the school rules better than I do. Is that actually allowed? And she says, well, it'd have to be through Professor Quirrell. And lo and behold, <laughs> Professor Quirrell appears out of nowhere. nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, oh, look, here's Professor Quirrell. And so, yeah, we'll do it, but we're going to do it publicly. And, oh, by the way, Mr. Potter gets to choose whether it's wands or fists. And Draco's like, mm, maybe we'll just uh, do this on the Quidditch pitch instead. <laughs> so, because he, he knows that there's no way. He could probably win a fight with wands, yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Harry gets to pick, and Harry's not going to pick one, so Draco's backpedaling pretty fast. Yeah. Which, unbelievably, there's, rather than being, uh, 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 we're seeing perhaps some of the lack of Ron's influence here, but rather than immediately, or definitely we're seeing some of the influence of the political, you know, aspects of the story here rather than immediately saying you're on he's he thinks about it he's like well i don't know if that's how that works mm-hmm. hermione's like well actually and then ron, even but even ron here is very measured he's he's like i'll be your second i know some spells it's cool yeah he's not even as as hot-headed i think as, as he's written in canon and of course immediately rather than saying oh yeah let's, let's do the duel he's like hermione you know school rules mm-hmm. what should we do and she's like well no yeah. <laughs> this isn't supposed to happen. Well, we need to go talk to a teacher. That's right. And immediately a teacher shows up as if by magic. Magic. Yeah. Yes. So, as if by convenience. <laughs> I have that's roll in my mind going, because the plot said so. That's right. That's right. And then we're going to Snape's <laughs> class. And I love this scene because... Hermione's not sure about this. Are you sure, Harry? I, you know, I, I don't have a good feeling about this, but Harry has a feeling, and he is going to, he he wants to play this out. And Hermione's very afraid that he's going to end up in detention. But he says, Professor, I have a question about last week's potion. And, you know, everybody just, like, freezes and the temperature drops and... <laughs> Draco's eyes narrow. and then, hmm. I, I read uh, in my cousin's book on healing that many potions contain agrimony, and we didn't use that. Is there is there a reason why that wasn't? And Snape pauses and looks at him, and he's like, could this be a coincidence? But no, there's no way. Granger, maybe, but there's no way Harry could have come up with this just by coincidence. And so he says, excellent question. And he gives Gryffindor two points. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the sun stops in the sky. And hell and freezes over. Exactly. It's, and, and, and Lavender Brown faints straight away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there we go. And, and right there is, it's hysterical and it's 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 completely over the top everybody's reaction to it but oh, yes. it's it's so it's so beautiful and it's snape playing a prank on everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it truly is it, and it's great to see yeah 
I like this. This uh, this is, I think, a much a much more balanced and um, a much more balanced Snape. He's still got that kind of acidic, caustic personality, uh, but it's tempered by reasonableness. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like Canon Snape was simply very unreasonable. I mean, not simply, but it's, it's, nothing is really simple about Snape. But he was an unreasonable person, and just the fact that he could hate this kid who he's never met before because of why? Because of something his parents did? How was that the kid's fault? Right. I mean, it's it's abhorrent, honestly, mm-hmm. his his treatment of Harry throughout the canon. and Well, even uh, his treatment of Neville. Oh, his treatment of Neville is even more abhorrent. Yeah. I mean, what, what's, what did Neville ever do to, to Snape? Nothing. Uh, but, but anyway, yes. Yeah. This Snape is not canon Snape. This no. Snape is a better version. And, and, and in, in this, I like this internal monologue here that Snape has about, uh, the line is here. Oh yes. He had been watching Harry Potter closely these past two weeks. And he had to admit now that what he saw was not what he expected. True. He knew of the boy's past, the abuse and the adoption by of all accounts. Okay. Where's the one I want to see when Harry, but when Potter showed up at the first class, decently prepared, it had been a wake up call. And, I all all he had really done was I mean, the, the main difference was he knew where Bazaar was right and and the other question was a new question so uh, th- that's the only difference we can really know of the, just the fact that he knew the answer to a question that was I don't know I, I you see that scene looked at so many different ways I mm-hmm. I think in uh, I've read it before where the the author has has said that these are all questions from like the newt level right. uh, potions book. And I think even this one, they talk about the, the drought of living death being a, newt, a level. newt level potion, which mm-hmm. they do, they do brew it um, for the first time, I think in book six, but, and also the bazaar comes back in book six, mm-hmm. but um, the, the implication that perhaps Harry should have known that and didn't. And that's why Snape, you know, kind of cemented his, his idea of him and his, his preconceived notions of him. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that in this one, he's busting those, he's busting those notions that it's, and of course, of course he does that because this, this is, this, this is the story of, you know, a, a better version of Harry in a lot of ways. Right. And, uh, and a better version really of so far, pretty much everybody, everybody, um, yeah. everybody is better developed. Uh, even, you know, you have not shows up and, and is talking about stuff at the karate lesson. Mm-hmm. You've got Mandy Brocklehurst, who you, you barely yeah, ever you seen before. Name. She has a whole subplot with the, um, the theater. The, the, the theater. Uh, it's really quite inclusive uh mm-hmm. of of all these kind of minor characters and and and, and in the ways that, that it suffers a little bit because i mean we're we're here and this is like the second week of classes and we've been through like, like six chapters so and it, it 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 kind of the pacing can can be affected a little bit i i was saying that because this is a this is a story that's not intended to be a single year um let me uh yet and yet again draw a comparison to the harry potter and the methods of rationality which out there in, in listener land, if you have not read, it is a completed, excellent fan fiction. It's very long, but very, very good. And in that story... And... Yes. It's all done in audio. It's been yes. acted out, and it's wonderfully done. So... Yeah, with full voice wonder- acting from 
a variety of people, not just not just one person trying to do his best. Although he did he did it first and he did it forever. <laughs> Ineos Brodsky is the guy who did the uh, the audio uh, the 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 audio book, and and God bless him. He he he's did a very good job, but mm-hmm. he could not do certain voices. His McGonagall was god awful. <laughs> let's 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 be let's be fair here. So, but fortunately, he's gone back. He's fixed all the audio. It's all available on iTunes. Check it out mm-hmm. if you just want to listen to it. It's really good. Anyway, that, that's that's all the hawking I'm gonna do for that. But <laughs> that story is that story is all first year. It doesn't go right. beyond the first year. So and you can have forever. Oh yeah, you can take you can take a a, a minor character like uh, a Blaze Zabini or a Lily Moon. I don't think he does Lily Moon in that one, but mm-hmm. you can take any number of minor characters. Uh, the Patil twins are both fully developed different characters in that story. It's great, mm-hmm. but. Uh, and oh, Tracy Davis. Oh my God, Tracy Davis, hysterical. <laughs> but the fact that, um, but in this story, uh, where you, it's going to expand beyond one book, that you can run into some pacing issues when you start to get a little bit too in depth with these characters. You'll 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 spend a lot of time on the first two weeks, and then suddenly it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of the J.K. Rowling style of writing. Also, I think the first, you know, the the first. Uh, um, month of school typically takes up, you know, five or six chapters and then the rest of the, the story is three chapters. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, but you, know, you get a front load and you can just kind of fill in, fill in some of the ideas from, from scratch. I've been paying particular attention to Goblet of Fire recently, um, for reasons, uh, and, <laughs> um, very specific reasons. Um, but the, the the calendar is such a mess on the, on that story because it skips from the the first the second task is in February the third task is in June and basically nothing happens between those two dates right. like there's a couple of things but it's spread out over four months and you just can't you, you, when those when those are your your critical moments it take you can't really pace it very well and she didn't pace it very well and that's that's you know that's part of the part of what canon was it was you know think about the camping in, yeah. in book seven that everybody loathes so much i mean they're basically camping for like six months and nothing happens during that time and or very little happens during that time and it's just so mind-boggling that they could just sit there going over the same four things over and over in their heads for that length of time without going insane yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's that's why they so, have that dance. Yes, in the, in the movie, the, that inexplicable dance. <laughs> oh, it was so strange. It was strange. I, I, I love the end of this little area right here because we have Snape patrolling the classroom as usual, thinking that things have turned out surprising. It's a surprisingly good day, and he thinks to himself, and James said he wouldn't know a good prank if it bit him on the arse. Because <laughs> he's just pretty much pulled this prank. Oh, it's, it's classic. Points. And then we find out that Patil didn't return to class because Madame Pomfrey thought she'd gone mad, but she said that Snape gave two points to Gryffindor. So she kept her in oh. observation until people started talking about it. And she's like, oh, it's true. Okay, you can go now. You know, it's great. There's great little bits of humor in here that are just wonderful. Oh. And then, of course, Fred and George give Harry the credit for the prank. Mm-hmm. And it's just, But it just keeps going and going, and it's just... It was it was great and it was yeah sorry it was it was good mm-hmm. and of course Malfoy is not is has not been has not been taken and he knows now that there's something going on yes. what's going on with you and Professor Snape Potter 
You know, that's you can, he doesn't say it there, but he definitely you can hear it in his in his. Uh, uh, actually, he doesn't even say it in his lecture, but you can. But you're you're in you know that internal voice of Malfoy. Mm-hmm. You always hear that 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 Potter. You know that 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 uh, what was his name Tom Felton. Tom Felton was great. <laughs> and so he wants to know what's going on, and Harry says, "Well." That's really none of your business. Uh, it's a personal matter between me and Professor Snape, and I'm not going to tell you. You can ask him, you know. Yeah. We we don't, it, it doesn't come out much in this that, you know, he's your godfather. You go talk to him, but I'm respecting him. And so you're welcome to go talk to him. He's your head of house. But what I know is private and I'm not sharing it with you. And Malfoy's just like, oh. and Hermione's like, did you just pull rank? <laughs> and he says, yeah, kind of I did. So there. And so Draco has to go write a letter to mommy and daddy. So he says, guess what? I've been fortunate to be the Slytherin Quidditch team seeker due to involving with the Gryffindors being barely able to put a team together. And Potter swears he's never been on a broom, but you should see him. He flies great. And I don't think he's cheating because McGonagall wouldn't let him do that. And he's doing things that don't make sense. He stands up for his allies. He's not afraid of getting into trouble, but he's smart. He's too smart to bait, even though I've tried a couple of times. He doesn't say that out loud, but it's sort of implied. Well, it's obvious. It's obvious. It's implied that that it's heavily implied that he has tried to bait him mm-hmm. because, or at least he's he's tried easy baits, I should say, mm-hmm. rather than you know more. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're not talking about their life in the Muggle world, but they're not uh, hiding their karate stuff. It, it's interesting his interpretation of all this information because. Mm-hmm. I, yes, okay, he did, he did send a coded message to Snape, and that is a little bit strange. And if this was a pure blood, I don't think that 90% of, of, if, if Harry had been raised by pure bloods, mm-hmm. I don't think that 90% of the stuff that, that, that Draco comments on him would be commented on at all. If this had been, instead of Harry, if this had instead been, um, somebody, um, I'm trying to think who would be Neville. a good example. Someone like, um, well, not Neville either, because he has a low opinion of Neville. Think of like a Ravenclaw, like um, who's somebody in Harry's year in Ravenclaw? Ernie Goldstein, maybe. Mm-hmm. Somebody who um, was—that's not even this. if it was Susan Bones. I mean, let's not yeah, let's, let's not be bound Susan. by gender stereotypes here. If it was Susan Bones, or if it was um, Lavender, maybe I don't know mm-hmm. uh, about La- Lavender's. Uh, I don't remember if she's got some sort of connection anyway. But if it was, an, or if it was another Slytherin, uh, one either like or somebody, he wouldn't think twice about 90% of this stuff, but because no. it's Harry and because he was muggle-born, it's all so very weird and strange, but he's forgetting that he, uh, he's he's forgetting that, that cousin that, that Andromeda has been coaching him for at least a couple of years at this point, so mm-hmm. it was really not that strange, and also I think it's a matter of um, kind of the way different mindsets that, that Draco has from Harry, you know, it's unusual that he's standing up for his friends. It's not really that unusual. It's just no. not something necessarily that Draco would do. Right. And it's only seems like he's and he's he's correct that he's hiding something, but it's not. But I don't even think like Harry's been actively hiding his animagus uh, status at this point. It's not. It, 
it's more like the the animagus is a is a is a part of Harry that he can't quite he, he well the, the Draco can't see mm-hmm. what, what, what's it's 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 a it's a blank space that is that he's not really trying to hide it but he's not but he's but there's stuff that's going around it you know mm-hmm. like it's like a it's like there's a black hole or something and there's all, he see all these planets that are that are orbiting but he can't see the actual thing in the center right and 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 really it, the cat form gives Harry a presence mm-hmm. that is visible to other people but they don't quite understand it and we'll see a little bit more of that in the next couple of chapters. Sure. If we get to it. Just, we, we may have to end early because I know it's getting really late for you and it's getting late for me. Yeah, it's nearly midnight well. for me and we have four more chapters to go. Yeah. Let's go through one more chapter and then we'll see what we're call it early if, if we need to because I still have to watch half of a movie before tomorrow night's podcast. Oh, that's well. true. You do. So, and okay. deal with 18 Rugrats tomorrow. Six chapters would be a pretty good night, though. So yeah, they're long yeah. chapters. I think it was they over are. five hours on my text reader. So it's a pretty meaty story. It's uh, right now. I'm looking at the. I'm uh, reading this on fanfiction.net. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, seventy-seven chapters right now at four hundred and sixty thousand words. I mean, that's it's pretty good. That's at least 5,000 per chapter. So yeah. in, in that range. So, um, that's, that's, this, this is hefty stuff. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, little thousand word chapters. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are, I don't know if I told you, but we're only going through year one on this mm, okay. podcast. Um, that's where he was when I put it on the, so the chapter 41, you said, yeah. Chapter Something 41. Like okay. So. Oh, wow. So uh, I think they're in year three or f- I think they're at least in year three mm-hmm. where I've been reading it up to. And I'm at the, I'm at the, the end of the published stuff. So uh, he goes, they go much faster through the, the later years then yeah. um, than they do year one, so. but that makes sense. That's not abnormal. Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I don't know. I don't know if I should say that because I definitely have read, uh, you know, retellings, canon retellings that if the year one has been like a chapter and a half and then year four is 30 chapters mm-hmm. just because they don't know what to do with your one right yeah so i just looked it up it's five and a half hours on my text reader mm, that's a long time so um or maybe we could just kind of go through it real quick oh. we we suck at that though as beyonds we, <laughs> <laughs> we just kind of have to go by through the chapters so of well, course I I, I just, I'm just thinking about what it would have been like doing, uh, when we did, uh, Dance with Dragons, uh, if we tried to do that one chapter by chapter, the thing is like 80 chapters mm-hmm. and it's, oof. Yeah, not a good no, thing. No, no, no. no. <laughs> anyway. So, so, we have so. Miss Skeeter again. She's, Yay. Uh, we like Rita. This is a good Rita. I, I drug her up into the forum not too long ago. I was amazed I remembered her password. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can definitely happen. Yeah, yeah. So she's saying, oh, Potter versus Malfoy, and she's telling everybody that the two are going to be the youngest seekers in a while on the house teams, and that Lucius, and of course, you know, she's got Lucius quotes. We're not surprised, says Lucius, that he's he's been playing Quidditch since he was young, but the real surprise is... Harry Potter, who supposedly has never ridden a broom before, 
uh, he, he at least claims that because, you know, he was raised by muggles. He does have some amazing skills, so we're pretty sure Suspiciously he's Suspiciously amazing skills. Mm-hmm. It raises some questions. Was Harry Potter telling the truth? Was he perhaps given a better broom than the other students? And why did no other students? Was it a conspiracy? It's, it's yeah. classic Rita. It's but totally. it's, it's good classic Rita, so... Yeah, I love Harry. Can't she get anything right? Well, it is Rita Skeeter. I don't think she's trying to. (laughs) I love Neville. My grand can't stand her. (laughs) Oh, yes. Good old Rita. (laughs) She ran a piece on my parents and, well, it it didn't end well. (laughs) Oh, Neville. I can't remember remember if they know what happened to his parents at this point. uh, No, but they... I think they do. I the Harry and Andy, Hermione? Andy has said something. And, okay. And Neville's talked about his are you saying? Are you time? saying that they, they had information that was communicated to them? I think maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I'm going to have to send White Squirrel a message about this podcast. I love it. Uh, but... I think that he, Neville's mentioned his parents a couple of times. He's not said a whole lot about them, but he's he's mentioned them. And I think that Andy has said something. And Ron, a little later um, in the chapter 25, I think it is, mm-hmm. when they go down, they invite Ron to go down to Hagrid's. Mm. Um, Neville brings up his family a little mm. bit then, too. So they they know a little bit, I would say. So Harry and Hermione get a letter from their parents, uh, lots of congratulations. It's very funny, I'm reading the story for the first time with the words, because I do it all on the text reader, and there's so many underlined words in here, it's it's so funny, I, I miss all of that when I do it on the text reader. I miss the underlined words and the uh, italics words and stuff like that, it's all kind of the same to me. But... Um, they get a, a congratulations to Harry on making the Quidditch team. We're proud of you for how you both have handled Draco. Uh, it sounds like he's trouble, like <laughs> Andy said. Good job, Hermione, on those switching spells because, you know, they're good parents. you got to give out praise equally. That's right. And they're good parents. They're good. They are good parents. D- despite having the... Uh, uh, the fanonically uh, unfortunate uh, names of Dan and Emma, mm-hmm. but that's okay. It's been done so much that you just I barely notice anymore. I know. Oh, God. At least this isn't a, Hermo- a Harmonian fic. Mm-hmm. At least not in the classic sense. Right. Yeah. Scott was talking about that earlier. Yeah. Because it totally went over my head. Oh, Dan and Emma. Didn't even occur to me. No. So it's a good thing I have you guys who pay attention to these things on the podcast with me. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, if I had a nickel for every one of those I'd read, that's okay. You'd be rich. Mm-hmm. And then you could stay home and write fix for us. Yeah, Instead I could do that. go to work. Yeah, I'd have to do that. <laughs> so, we have... In- Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, in only seven more hours. No. (laughs) But it's all right. Uh, We're still good. We're still good. We'll finish this chapter. We have Coral, who shows up with boards 
because he's found out that the kids do karate because he was there while they were doing it. And he has them snap boards and, and the kids that aren't muggle born are all like, wow. But I love the point that he makes here because he says, okay, who thinks they can do it? And all the magical kids, the ones that were raised with magical families all raised their hands like, yeah, we can do it. And all the Muggleborns don't because they know better. They have at least an idea about karate. And I love that Quirrell, Quirrell is a really good teacher in this story. I love this. So he says, okay, yeah, you can break boards with your hands, but what good is this? And, you know, that's the question Draco's been asking and a lot of other people have been asking. And so he shows them what's good with this because he starts firing off hexes at them and Harry's able to dodge quite a few of them. And it's like, okay, look at there. And then he does the same with other kids in the class and compares them. Immediately is like, hmm, so... Of course, the, the, the very intelligent uh, Zachariah Smith is the one who speaks up first. He's like, oh, so uh, you are, he's like, oh, he's, he, of course he's good. He made a secret. He's like, hmm, I believe you're a Quidditch player yourself. He's like, but of course I am, says, says pompous ass mm-hmm. uh, Zachariah Smith. And let's make you dodge it. Yeah. And guess what? You don't do nearly as well. That's right. But he thinks he did admirable, so he's mm-hmm. still preening. Yeah. And so then he tries it with Miss Granger because she's only average on a broom. Mm-hmm. So let's see how well she does. And Harry's like, so what do you think of Quirrell now? And she says, well, he's unorthodox. <laughs> <laughs> unorthodox. He's like, evil. Evil. <laughs> But and it's it's a good it's a it's a, again a light a, a very light characterization, but he seems to be more aggressive towards Harry, mm-hmm. and that's the dump, that's the Voldemort influence coming out again. And he just can't get away from it. Yeah, and so they go to the library because they are looking for some stuff, and Hermione just likes the library. Hmm. But Mandy comes in and says, "Hey, guess what?" Quirrell did the same lesson in our class, and Malfoy got to dodge spells. (laughs) They're like, dang, I wish we could have seen that. So, and you know, did Malfoy threaten to tell his father? But of course he did. (laughs) Oh, and then, of course, did Malfoy threaten to tell his father? Of course. (sighs) Malfoy. Malfoy. You magnificent bastard, you. So, although I, I, it is, it is mildly, uh, you know, mildly stereotypical that it's the Asian named person who is the only other person who knows any Kung Fu or any other, um, martial arts, but yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's all right. It's something else to give Su Lee, which I think has been, is, is definitely one of the most overlooked characters in Harry mm-hmm. Potter. Definitely. Yeah. If, if, if there's five other lines written about Su Lee, I would be surprised. Yeah. Anyway. And Su Lee comes and works with them, but to their surprise, so does Neville. He comes at least once a week and works out with them. 
Then we got a couple of letters. Mm-hmm. How many letters we got? Damn. We got lots I, of letters. Yeah. I, I, I just want to say that this story is not really kind of the Rowling-esque kind of um, stories, where it's, it's very much a single, uh, the basically single narrator. Mm-hmm. I like, but I kind of like it. It gives it a more balanced approach. You seeing inside these other perspectives in the letter writing, I don't know, gimmick is a bad word for it, but the letter writing technique, mm-hmm. uh, there's still a better word, but I can't, it can't come to me right now. Um, probably cause it's 1159 PM. Uh, <laughs> This 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 technique is really good for getting out exposition and getting mm-hmm. into characters' heads. It serves this story very well, I feel, mm-hmm. um, to give you a very balanced approach to everything. Right. Um, from from Ron, who we see in the second letter here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where it's you know you see you see inside of his head, and you see inside of you know people you don't really see you know. Lucius Malfoy down here, you know, we're, we're very proud of you getting on the Quidditch team. That was an excellent bit of maneuvering. Yes. <laughs> both and, both and of even, the literal and the political kind, you know. Right. And we even get one from Dora. Mm-hmm. You know, watch her. But, yeah, I, and it's great. And, and they're just, you know, little snippets. But you get to kind of see where people are. You know, just these little, and you gotta love Ron. I gotta go. McGonagall's giving me lots of homework again. <laughs> or, you know, Mad Eye's brilliant, but he's a slave driver from Dora. That's right. And a lot of them blame Snape for turning out so few nudes, potions mm-hmm. nudes. Kind of makes you wonder. Yeah. Conspiracy. No, uh, but uh, that's another, you know, one of those, what was Snape doing that? on purpose or not questions that, you know, I know a lot of people had about Snape before we knew he was good or evil mm-hmm. or still have after that. But yeah. it's, it's good that it's not, you know, Harry's immediately like, we have to get rid of Snape. It's, you know, they were kind of dropping clues and hints and stuff to maybe be more subtle about it. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually really, I, we, we talked about it earlier, but I really like how Harry doesn't immediately hate Snape. He doesn't right. immediately, he doesn't immediately jump to the wrong conclusions about Snape. Oh, well, correct conclusions, but doesn't jump to bad conclusions about Snape's behavior. And, you know, and, and even though he's jumping to conclusions about Quirrell in a lot of ways, uh, it's just refreshing to see, you know, go in a different way. So much, you know, when you've read as much fan fiction as, as you and I have, Sue, I think variety ends up being the most important thing. It's tough. Originality. It, yeah. it, that's, I know that's one of the things that I look for a lot when I start putting stories on the, yeah. on the docket for the next year is I'm looking for stories that are different. Because, yeah, you can, you can just get bogged down in the same old, same old, same old all the time. And it's, yeah. it's nice to find different even the even the story the types of story and we're going off a little bit here but uh, even the even the types of story that I really like and I and I'll, I'll admit it but, you know I love time travel stories I love it whenever they do whenever they do time travel I don't care if it's with a time turner or if it's you know some mystical spell that sends your soul back in time ooh I uh, or some unknown. Uh, some unknown factor that, that sends your memories back 15 years and you and your brother to the bot, to your, you know, uh, you know, previous bodies. Who, who knows what kind of story it could possibly be? I love those stories, but they do can, they can get kind of repetitive. The, the, you know, Harry has knowledge of this, so he has to do this. You know, you know, we're going to fix, 
we're going to fix every year because that's how it's going to work. I, it's one of the reasons I still love, and I, I actually went back and I reread a good portion of it when the new chapter came out of Nightmares of Futures Past. It still has, actually, I think, did I read, I know I read, reread the whole thing. I reread wow. the whole thing because in, in celebration of there being new material, which by the way, I checked his website. He's still writing it. He, chapter 41 is almost done. He's going to, he's writing it again. I'm so Yay! excited. Anyway, the, and I thought that was dead. I thought that was so dead. Anyway, um, <laughs> The, just the fact that it, it's just done differently. There's the, it, anytime you have a, a, any kind of differentiation in a, in a good way, I mean, sometimes it's written differently badly. Mm-hmm. And of course that's no good, but it, as long as it's done well and it's not the same, you know, five, you know, five tropes rehashed over and over again, then you can get some enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely one of those stories that is definitely, it's got a lot of originality to it that yeah. um, is, is a lot of fun to, to read and to uh, go over. And, and so, so is this other story. Um, mm-hmm. I recommend that one also. But that was off on a tangent there. Sorry. Oh, we're off course. She was. <laughs> so we have Hermione waking up Thursday morning. It's her birthday. She's expecting it to be a really what? long day. I know, birthday. Hermione has a birthday? I had not allowed to do that. I've never seen... I, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm about to go off on something again. Continue. They never celebrate birthdays in canon except for Harry's. I'm done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had... You know, it's really fun because Easter was yesterday and and... All of my kids at the table this morning for breakfast were all like, I went on Easter egg hunt and I got candy and da, da, da. And so one of the boys, I said, so what'd you do for Easter? And he's like, I turned five. I went to Chuck E. Cheese. And he didn't say anything about Easter. It was all Chuck E. Cheese information. So mm-hmm. birthdays are important. And Chuck E. Cheese is awesome. So, yeah. I mean, of course it was all about Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I know. He was oh. cool. But, um, so she gets a book for her birthday and some sweets, but really nobody makes a big deal of it. And Harry's distracted because he gets his broom and it's going to be uh-huh. his first tryout today. So she goes and does that and they're heading back to the portrait or back to, you know, the common room, the portrait. And he's like, are you okay, Hermione? And she's like, yeah, it's just been a long day. And, She's feeling really bad because this is nobody's her first birthday away from home and nobody's really said anything. And he says, well, let's go in. And of course he's got a surprise party set up for her. And, and he grins like a Cheshire cat. He does. <laughs> and, oh, the puns. And he, he gets her dark chocolate cake, which he can't eat. He doesn't like, yes. but, uh, and she's like, how in the heck did you do this? And he's like, well, the twins did it. And she, like, stops the bite midway to her mouth. And he's like, I made them swear on their family that they wouldn't prank it. And she's like, okay, I can eat it then. So. And I like that there's a line about the kitchen elves. And Hermione doesn't immediately, like... What? There are elves here? Mm-hmm. Are they enslaved? I must free them. No, it's 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 just a, it's just a throwaway line. It's yeah. good. If if this was a, if this was an actual original piece of fiction, it would be foreshadowing, mm-hmm. which is great. It, it should be it should be treated like that. So it was yeah. good. And Harry gives her personalized Wizen Gamot stationery. Mm-hmm. Hermione Green. 
Wow, I it's getting late. I can't even talk. <laughs> Hermione G. Granger, Office of Lord Harry James Potter at the top, and she just thinks that's cool. And I love that she's she's thinking about writing to their muggle friends just to mess with their heads. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, Hermione. We should just mess with them, but we're not gonna. That's a very Hermione kind of prank there. I'm gonna write to you on fancy letterhead. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not gonna understand it because you're gonna go, Lord Potter? Why is he a lord all of a sudden? How did that happen? No. <laughs> oh. So... But I think we should end it there because you do need to go to bed, and I don't want yeah. to. Percy Weasley's telling us to cut it out with the noise, so we yeah. have to. Yeah. It's time to go to bed. Percy, Percy said so. We have to obey Percy. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much for dropping in. Oh, it was great. I'm glad I was able to join you. We're going to do it again next Monday. Just let me know if you want to come. Okay. Uh, if if I'm not too worn out from playing basketball with my friends, I will join you once again. Awesome. We'll have Seemed to be good so far. Yeah. We'll have Scott next time around, so that'll be excellent. Because cool. he's his play starts Thursday, so tonight's the last of the rehearsals. Hmm. Took me a minute to come up with that word, rehearsal. Yeah, that's it. So, well, and I think all along this story, we've told how much we enjoy it. So I don't even think we really need to recap this chapter, these chapters at all, except to say. Make sure that you communicate with your friends and family, folks, because there you go. And really, we would like you to communicate with us. Please drop by the forum. Let us know what you think. Send us a voicemail. We'd love to put it on the end of a podcast. Communication. Communication. It's the only way to go. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So there we go. I'm going to call it good. And we're going to say goodnight. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Goodnight.